Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and how emotional was American Alpha's promo on NXT last week? The last time I saw a trail of tears like that was when closing time was called on Tatanka at the Chinese lunch buffet. I'm Carl Jones, and having sat through a mountain of rubbish matches to get ready for this podcast, I've been left with one burning question. Which does Shane Douglas find more difficult, getting the Viagra off the shelf at Target, or getting it off the pole in WCW? I'm G. John Chase, and last night I went to the cinema to see a film, Hardcore Henry. It's just full of needless violence, stupid camera effects, zero plot and just tits all over the place. It might have been Vince Russo. I think it even had a pole in it. And I'm Kieran O'Rourke, and welcome to today's show, which is presumably the life and times of Tommy fucking Dreamer. This is the panel for the 80th Squared Circle Gazette Radio, and you can hear us debate the worst pay-per-view matches in wrestling history next. Welcome to the 80th Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside G. John Chase. You're tearing me apart, Lisa! Kieran O'Rourke. He's an old. And with Cole Jones. What's the happy haps? And we are back this week. <laughs> for what will I assume be a very entertaining and amusing show, especially for us to reminisce on some of the worst pay-per-view matches to ever be broadcast. These are all matches we're going to talk about today that us fans had the pleasure of paying for. Uh, entertainment we all dined out our hard-earned cash to watch, or at least somebody in in, uh, in human history did. So we're going to talk about these today. It's going to be fun. We had an overwhelming number of different matches to talk about today. Sixteen pages of feedback from you, the loyal listeners, uh, as always. Uh, I feel it appropriate here to kind of plug SquaredCircleGazette.com where all our archives are kept because we did two shows previously uh, called Desert Island Jewels, which matches that we would, you know, we, we love so much and have such a personal affinity for that we'd like to take them to our own personal Desert Island if we could only take three wrestling matches. This is kind of the flip side to that. We're going to ride the other end of the seesaw this week. And so we've got so many to talk about today and we're going to kick it off right now with one of the ones that immediately came to mind when we were talking about worst pay-per-view matches. Lagouche on UK fan form says Briscoe versus Patterson evening gown match. We started off with a rocking one here. It wasn't funny. It was gross, creepy, utterly boring, and pointless. And you know Vince was laughing hysterically at it in Gorilla as well. Uh, Ian Little on the Facebook page says the true worst has to be Patterson versus Briscoe in the evening gown match. Absolutely a negative five star affair and one of the worst matches of all time. Um, a little less succinct in his thoughts, but this is great stuff here. Tommy on the UK fan forum says first that we get the build to the feud, which is the shits in itself. Briscoe declares his love for Patterson for catching something golden and fizzing in the eye from Pat. There are Terminator-esque profiles of both men over clips of slow-motion stink faces and splashes through tables. The chase is on. Patterson is holed up in the women's locker room. Briscoe gets the nod from the Fink and drags up to take chase. It kicks off and we get a shot of Patterson's skids, a sight which might replace the whale in my nightmares. Patterson shouts, Briscoe told him he loves him, before Briscoe gets some of Pat's white stuff in his eyes. This is powder, by the way. Uh, Vince spots them and books the match before they mince off. The match is on. Real American hits. And it's the high point of the match. <laughs> Why is Brisker wearing lipstick as he strides out with his 2x4? Next hits the stripper, and out walks Patterson, throwing something to the fans from his bust, wearing high tops, and looking a little too much like an ex-girlfriend of mine for my tastes. He fills the ring with pillows, and cuts a promo which goes fucking on a bit, uh, to set up a low blow start. Then we get some playful spanking before Patterson makes peeling a banana look like a job that requires a PhD in particle physics. He doesn't even get the thing peeled in the end, he just rubs it on Briscoe. What was the plan here? <laughs> was it supposed to mush up and it just wasn't ripe? Or was he supposed to shove it in his mouth as a phallic symbol and he just fucked it up? 
Briscoe takes Pat's lipstick to the eye and some punches before out comes the sanitary towel. It's also rubbed on Briscoe's lips, although not the lips it's designed for. More shots of Pat's... <laughs> More shots of Pat's ass before a low blow. <laughs> Stiletto to the head and the slowest bump on earth by Pat Patterson. <laughs> He made notes during this match, didn't he? <laughs> the crowd turns, boos roll through the fans. So far, not a run-in and nothing even mildly amusing for the intended comedy filler. Irish whipping an arsebum, followed by the most sexually aggressive and disturbing-looking crotch chops. This leads to the slowest and weakest-looking Bronco Bustrana. Honestly, I'm sure I remember May doing this the easy on that bad blood show and doing it with more gusto. They fumble around taking off each other's dresses like geriatric sex offenders. Bass has his bra pulled over his face and the crowd pops, thankfully not for the spot. It's Crash Holly with one of those flimsy bins we were hoping for at the start. Finally, some running clusterfuck nonsense. Crash strips Briscoe for reasons unknown and Pat's dress has given up and just sort of fallen off. One bin shot in the pin for the Crash win. Thank goodness the guy's Feelings we all agree with, but it's not over yet. Briscoe takes down Pat in the half, another close-up shot of his fat <laughs> Oh God! I'm going to th- throw this to you to read because I've just fucking lost it here. <laughs> it's contagious. It's contagious, folks, I tell you. Um, thank goodness declares JR. Feelings we all agree with, but it's not over yet. Briscoe... <laughs> Briscoe... T- <laughs> That's it right <laughs> But it's not over yet. Briscoe takes down Pat in the aisle for another close-up shot of his fat arse bobbing up and down with the added lingering shot of his bulging nutsack for good measure. And it's over. The match goes two minutes and 51 seconds if my math is up to scratch. There's nothing worse than seeing this. It did entertain. It didn't make anyone look good in any way at all. It also seems to be based on the thought that a man in a dress will have them rolling around in the aisles in laughter, pissing themselves in their seats without anything further to make it funny. It's the longest two minutes and 51 seconds of my fucking life, I'll tell you. Finn. <laughs> that was well. ridiculous. That was just, I don't know what to say at that. I apologise for not being able to keep my cool during that, but uh, that was just, just seeing the words on the page and remembering my exact thoughts as I watched this match the first time and thinking much of the same thing. Just, it's an awful match. <laughs> I can think of no better way to sum this up than Jim Ross on comedy. He just gives up halfway through. <laughs> He's just like, this is hideous king. <laughs> Uh, I, I honestly can see the case worst pay-per-view one of the worst pay-per-view matches of, of all time I don't know why this was even on this is not this wasn't needed a- appropriately enough in a good pay-per-view year for the WWE this was a real skid mark in the middle which I feel is the appropriate term for this well that's it it's sort of um it, it sums up that show really it's it's you know it's the worst match on the worst pay-per-view the company did that year so yeah it was a needlessly uh, bad pay-per-view considering the amount of talent they had but a uh, strong contender here I feel to kick us off yeah it's just, well you can tell what the reason why you, you already mentioned it it's for Vince's own personal uh, yuck yucks really I for one didn't like hate the pay-per-view as a whole I actually like, found it reasonably entertaining from uh, Space Space mainly just for like Kurt Angle and so on but when it came to this match there's just so many things wrong with it. Just the fact that one, it shouldn't happen. Two, it shouldn't happen using those two people. Three, I know the title, hardcore title, doesn't mean anything, but the fact that there was like, you know, the term a title was anywhere near this was also ridiculous. Uh, the fact that it was on a pay per view, the fact that it was in front of living people, 
It was just like ev- everything about it was just offensive. And I, and if anything, I just feel I feel really sorry for Patterson and Briscoe for no, having to just perform Briscoe. this. <laughs> Honestly, Patterson's still throwing great punches in this whole match. <laughs> Given it a college try, I guess I don't know, but they they were handled. They, they were dealt shit to begin with, so they weren't gonna you know rock the house with this. It was, uh, it was never gonna match. be a classic. Yeah, <laughs> it, was no, never, it had a no, ceiling. They, on they, it. they were set up to fall straight away. It was Patterson and Briscoe in an evening game mm. match. The bar of expectation should be <laughs> high going in. <laughs> and it somehow still managed to sink below to with, underneath it, yeah. <laughs> with the sanitary towel specifically, which I remember just watching that with, like, mm. you know, mom and dad in the room. It's like, oh, this is just absolutely <laughs> it. was sort of jump the shark moment in it front was, of people. It was but close. Was that your version of, of my, uh, my save-all? It's close. <laughs> it's close. Let's move to one here that also featured a, 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 an unexpected underwear sighting. Triple H versus Scott Steiner from the Royal Rumble <laughs> 2003. Von Shogun09 on the UK fan form says I'm throwing in Triple H versus Steiner from the Rumble terrible I'm a huge Steiner's fan and I enjoy pretty much everything Scotty did from his debut at Survivor Series right up until the bell rang for this match you have to think they could have worked around Steiner's limitations better than they did he was never going to be up for a 20 minute match after all his time on the shelf and the drop foot syndrome did he even work house shows heading into the Rumble to knock the rust off it's not like he had nothing left either because he still had some good showings in his TNA run a couple of years later there was a better WWE run in Big Papa Pump to be had so yeah the match was shit no way out of later wasn't great either but I didn't find it as utterly abysmal as the one at the Rumble the bit where Steiner tried to suplex trips and falls on his ass was embarrassing Triple H was in his shitty phase of wearing colourful trunks at this point as well which was cack even as shite as the match was H's little red knickers still stick in my memory as adding to the match's overall crappiness uh, Woof on Pro Wrestling only says because I had to suffer through this one live I'll vote for Triple H and Steiner at the Rumble Luke Moore on the Facebook page says that this one has to be in contention you'd see a more technical wrestling contest by smashing two rocks together loud spot calling and both men in terrible shape and we got almost 20 minutes of it pretty much ended Steiner's credibility in WWE and Darkship on the UK fan form says weird thing about that Steiner Triple H match at the Rumble it's at the time my mates and I were ripping the piss out of Steiner because all he was doing was suplex after suplex whereas these days that's all Brock Lesnar does and it's the shit of course Brock is an absolutely exhausted after doing one suplex and desperately clinging to the ropes to pull himself back up as if he's on a ship's deck during a storm Steiner was so calamitously wank during that match that at one point when Triple H is doing a heel pose in the corner Arthur fans stand up and applaud him <laughs> so yeah this is a when I kind of threw this out to the listeners there's, there's kind of two, there's a bit of a duality here there's either a match that's just absolutely piss poor like a Briscoe Patterson mm. and there's the other one where you've got certain high expectations that, and, it's, this, and this sinks so far beneath it and I think that that's kind of a, a bit of an element here with Triple H mm. Steiner which was a bad bad match yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like that thing with the parents, isn't it? If you, it's just when they say, I'm not angry at you, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it's that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I'd put this certainly under the more, more disappointing uh, as well as bad. I was as hyped as, as probably anyone or even that, uh, that, that listener when Scott Steiner debuted at Survivor Series. Because in the, in the dying days of WCW, the few highlights, and I mean the very few highlights of WCW, one of them was Scott Steiner. But, you know, I, I was still a fan of Steiner, so I was hyped for it. I have a different memory uh, to, to this chap here about the build-up to the Rumble match with, like, the freaking pose-downs and the arm wrestling. I was not a fan of that. Not your cup of tea. Not a cup of tea. I was just like, just get to the part where Steiner murders him. The Steiner was not able to perform. I, I don't know what TNA matches he's been watching, but I think by this point, Scott Steiner was was done in all fairness um, and it was, it was just so hideously disappointing Triple H yeah man if this guy needed to be carried Triple H is the last person you put in the ring particularly from that standpoint because he just wasn't like 
not not only physically was he in the best prime but also mentally he was in a fucking shitty mood to oh, work with H. yeah triple h to work with anybody like steiner to help him out and just the whole match was just sloppy and poor and it, the, <laughs> the, the the only the only and i'm thinking this is what tops puts a cherry on the uh, on top of the sunday on this one the fact of how bad this is is immediately afterwards you get angle benoit the fucking tear <laughs> the house down it's it's like it's it's all right like being shown the shit but then having the shit rubbed in your face afterwards <laughs> yeah it's actually it's quite funny to mention that because uh somebody pointed out that the steiner triple h to angle benoit is the only time in history where the worst match of the year award in the Observer was followed by the best match of the year award in the Observer yeah. straight afterwards. That's quite an interesting parallel. Yeah, you got Scotty coming in. You probably never thought you'd see him. Um, I haven't seen him in a long time, so was, I didn't know. No, he was dangerous. He was bad, <laughs> and then it just fucking sucked. Yeah, and, I mean, was this Triple H's ego having to have a twin match? Or oh, was it certainly was. Or, it wasn't a sabotage of of a new guy coming in. Oh, well, it's both. both. I see. You <laughs> say little from column A, little from column B. Yes, yes, and everything. It just it. Just limped along in the same way that Scotty would when he was trying to walk. <laughs> how, about to, how about that? Yeah, it was mentioned there the beautiful attempt at the uh, the double underhook oh. suplex, and just it went to shit. He just fell oh, down. Okay. Triple H was fat and bloated and in no position well, to get that, around. That was that was the here. other the other issue of the match, wasn't it? Really, that Triple H should uh, more on the juice than uh, than he had been for a few months. He he obviously roided up for this match for the the pose down yeah. and the push up competition and all that. Uh, all that cavalcade of shite. It's almost like a, a perfect shitstorm just coming together. And as, as was said at the start, just to really round off and put the final na- nail in the Scotty Steiner coffin of this badass monster loose cannon, we see him wearing a little thong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, which also makes an appearance in the rematch at No Way Out, if I remember correctly. Oh well, he, yeah, it was the big bad booty dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's that's on. Not, that's yeah. Not only do they get followed by a, a supremely better match, but they don't this, learn from their this mistake. This is the one they rematch. Yeah, they don't learn from their mistake, and they fucking rematch it one month later. Um, I, I if I remember, right, I don't, I don't think I knew about the drop foot, whatever the condition he had. So like when I was watching this fucking drunk or something I, I didn't get what was wrong with him it was only kind of like afterwards where I kind of read like reports and stuff saying like, oh he's actually got this condition now and I was like well why fucking sign him in the first place didn't they, didn't they medical test these people probably not actually uh, at the time no. probably not <laughs> Keith Houchin on the UK fan forum says one that sticks in my mind was Tomko versus Stevie Richards from Unforgiven 2004 pretty sure Stevie was wearing a dress as he was meant to be a stalker I hope to fuck I haven't imagined that and uh, Varmacast from WrestlingForum.com says Stevie and Tomko easily the worst pay-per-view match in WWE history this was like six seven minutes or so and it was, it was one of those things where on Raw Stevie was wearing the, uh, the, the women's get up to try and stalk Tomko and everyone knew it was Stevie they come out for this impromptu pay-per-view match that just goes it just feels like it goes on and on and on and Tomko wins and this? no one gets Unforgiven 04 shockingly poor match it, it, it follows on from the, the Trish Victoria match yeah it's, 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 it's a natural segue from point A to point B I suppose if you can do this so Stevie's in his underwear wearing a bra at one point it's like a Superman comeback and then just gets cut off and pinned <laughs> this did win worst match of the year in the Observer as well if only the match had been as quick as your description there. Yeah, if, if only, and it probably should have been. It should have been 20 seconds, but there you go. Oh, I can't remember it. Yeah, I, same here. I, 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 <laughs> I think this is one that kind of sneaks under the radar. I think a lot of people remember how bad this was, but it kind of sneaks under the radar in terms of worst of all time. I Stevie in, in the get-up. I can't remember the match. Yeah, well, the match is just there's nothing yeah. to remember. I think I might have still just been pissed off at the whole Randy Orton situation at the it time. It was going on at yeah, the same time? I might have been blind to any other shit. Joe Ankovics on the Facebook page says, I'm going to go with Undertaker vs. 
versus Giant Gonzalez from WrestleMania 9. I was a huge fan of The Undertaker from the moment he debuted and loved pretty much everything he did. I loved him zipping up jobbers into body bags. I loved his locking the Ultimate Warrior in a casket. I loved him taking the belt from Hogan, and I loved that it took flagrant cheating on Hogan's part to win the belt back. Uh, I love his face turn on Jake. I even love his feud with Kamala and the hearse entrance into Wembley Stadium. The only thing Giant Gonzalez ever produced of value was the Heenan Monsoon Exchange when he showed up at the Rumble. Seeing The Undertaker against a man who was less mobile than Mick Foley is today was a serious letdown. The lack of dark Undertaker atmosphere and a ridiculous DQ finish that stained the streak until it died. Not a lot of matches have hurt my feelings like this one did. Undertaker vs. Fake Undertaker looks like Brett vs. Austin next to this. Fuck, Kane vs. Fake Kane looks like Savage Steamboat next to this filth. Taker and Gonzalez from 89, a match that Carl I recall you saying gives you nightmares to this day. It, it does indeed, and I think at one point um, back in the day when we were doing our, our mania lists years ago, Liam, this, um, this was certainly my, my top five worst WrestleMania matches of all time. Um, it, I dare say it would still be their name. Uh, and you talk about the mistake of doing a rematch for Steiner and Triple H. They revisited this at SummerSlam. For when Lex Luger winning by countout and the balloons dropping just isn't bad enough, you've got to have that rest in peace match with Gonzalez and Taker. Would everyone agree that this is uh, is this Undertaker's worst match? Not for his own, not for his necessarily his own fault, but just through like essentially his opponent. Did he did he have any worse ones than this? I actually Carly. probably think he probably did. The one with Undertaker was with, sorry, yeah, the one with the fake Undertaker was was pretty awful. The one yeah. where he got squashed by Carly at Judgment Day was no yeah. fun. Bundy. Bundy, Bundy. Oh, for Kamala, the Kamala matches were atrocious. Yeah. Sid, I wouldn't put it in this. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Category. I wouldn't put, put it in that, in that category. It's bad, but it's not. Uh, you know. It's My- not real bottom feeding. <laughs> Michael three one six five in the UK fan form also said this match. Taker has had some hideous encounters, but this is one of the worst. Gonzalez can't move. He stumbles around the ring throwing some of the worst strikes in the history of the world, only to grab a white napkin to put to sleep the dead man. The only reasonable thing was Taker's entrance with that vulture thing. Yeah, this is the feature of the ether soaked rag. Yeah, that's the thing. Putting a dead man to sleep. Yeah, made me wish I had an ether soaked yeah, rag. The commentators could smell it. Oh yeah, they did put so- it over. Oh, it stinks from here. Sure did. Tiger Rick on the UK fan form says, Immediate thought was Beverly Brothers vs. Bushwhackers from 1992. <laughs> I've watched that tape a million times, and I'd watch dog shit for three hours back then if it said wrestling above it, and I'd fast forward through this match every time. Jameson is the worst periphery wrestling character in history, and his antics and the bleeding genius just add a cringe factor to what is already a god-awful attempt at wrestling. I hate this thing with a passion. And Air Raid on the UK fan form says the same one. This match is so devastatingly boring that it was the match... <laughs> It was a match about which I first used the phrase, I swear that match is still going on. Whenever I'm forced to remember the match, linked intrinsically as it is to my favourite hour of wrestling TV ever, it always fries my brain that it only lasts 15 minutes. Personal hatred of the bushwhackers aside, nobody needs to watch nearly 15 solid minutes of the colourless Beverly's beating anyone up. My mind turns to mush if I try and watch that match. Utterly insipid. At least bad execution can be funny. This is just boring. If I ever decide to destroy my VHS tapes to create some room, I'm going to think of Jameson as I smash my once-beloved Royal Rumble 92 tape with a hammer. Uh, at least that Eugene Jameson got smacked. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson was awful. Uh, the only redeeming thing about... All of it was awful. Yeah, but Jameson particularly. I mean, yeah, they put him with the Bushwhackers as apropos, oh, but... I, I was going to say, that that's just sort of clubbing the shit together, really. But yeah. I... I forgot that it went 15 know, minutes. That's what I was going to say. 15, 15 minutes. fucking minutes. Who... Perceived that to be an idea, never mind a good idea. Yeah. 
Bearing in mind this is on the same card where we've got the uh, Catcher's Catch Can Classic of the Legion of Doom against the Natural Disasters <laughs> for the tag belts. And they didn't even give you a finisher now. <laughs> so no, it's a shitty DQ yeah, finish. I think the Natural Disasters actually win by DQ. Yeah. And that's not technically it's still a better match than this one. Oh yeah, this, this is absolutely awful. The only redeeming thing I can think about Jameson as a detour in the WWF is the moment on primetime wrestling where he chokes on something I can't remember what he's choking on but he chokes on something they, 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 they cut the commercial break they come back they're all worried about Jameson and Bobby Heenan gets a phone call in the background and then sells great sorrow and remorse as he recounts to everybody that we've got some very bad news about Jameson unfortunately he's going to pull through <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely brilliant but yeah this match is just this is turd the Bushwhackers have got a couple of nominations uh, on, on this document that I have before me today and rightly so this is one of the worst Next candidate here from Butch Reedmark from uh, PWO, uh, which is also I believe is Power Butchie. Uh, Big Brian Adams versus Steve McMichael at Road Wild 98 is the drizzling shit. Oh. It takes a lot oh. to be the worst match on that card, but the former leader of the worst stable in wrestling history in the DOA and the man who dresses his dog carry it off with aplomb. It's so bad that it actually becomes hilarious and then managed to get even worse in order to transcend that to be the worst thing to happen in wrestling since the Pongo vs. Super Ninja match in Herb Abrams' UWF. <laughs> Scathing review there. This is actually one of my, 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 my personal favourite awful matches. Mongo and Adams. Which is just, again, on paper. You put on a piece of paper. You, can, you look at the talent in WCW in 1998. This match is just an absolute four-finger stinker, and there's, there's two spots in this match that I love. The first one is like, it's every time they run the ropes. Running the ropes is a bad idea for these two guys. At one point, Adams throws Mongo into the ropes, goes for a clothesline. Mongo kind of sells it like he takes it, and just keeps running in a circle. And then they, they, then they meet back in the middle of the ring after he rebounds off the ropes, and like their heads clash like two rams in mating season. And then Adam, and Mongo just doesn't know what the fuck to do, so he just grabs him a front face lock and gives him like the backyard DDT kind of a thing. <laughs> like... Adams just doesn't want to go down but Mongo just jumps and plants him it's just fucking atrocious I just I just remember I didn't know about this match and I think like I just caught you like watching it I think yeah I don't know why I don't know if you're watching that match specifically or if you're just watching the show I haven't got anything like against Mongo he like he neither offends me or I'm a nor fan but oh his matches should oh yeah he should greatly but but, but he, he, he put, offends me even more yeah he, he doesn't offend me too much uh, Brian Adams does Brian yeah. Adams does fucking offend me, but just watching this was just was just more astounding than than necessarily uh, just bad. Two freaking guys just having a dry heave shag on, <laughs> in the fucking middle of the freaking ring, just horrid. It, this was this was one of these kind of moments, right? Like where you know you usually get some like freaking knobheads that turn around and try to badmouth wrestling to you, just saying, "Oh, it's a couple of just oiled up fags," you know, just like wrestling each other, and you're just saying, "No, it's it's not." Okay, it's 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 an entertaining sports entertainment, I guess. Whatever, and you give you descriptions. When you watch this match, you couldn't defend this to anyone. Anyone that turns around and says, "What shit are you watching?" You'll just turn around and go, "Yeah, it's fucking shit, isn't it?" It's just like, well, why am I watching this? What am I doing with my life? Yeah, this one earns a special place in the uh, the WCW best of, and there's a few of them kind of later on. Uh, here's one that kind of surprised me. Not that it was a uh, that it came up, but it came up from so many people. Maluka on TPWW says Diesel versus Mabel, SummerSlam '95. When you consider the size of the event a poor build a terrible match and that nothing was gained at all from having the match it all seemed pointless Mabel went on to do nothing afterwards not even a tag title win and he might as well have never won King of the Ring he shouldn't have anyway but why give it to him in the first place the Clint on the UK fan forum says this will always be known as the worst main event in the history of SummerSlam Mabel has no business being involved in a main event championship match. Uh, LCC on the UK fan forum says the main event of the second biggest show of the year it doesn't even go 10 minutes. Two minutes in and Mabel is perspiring more than a fuck freezer. 
<laughs> Not only was it the match itself cartoon box consisting almost entirely of elbows, kicks, punches, we have the naff fat fud mo testing the viewer's resilience. Of course, that's not enough. We're treated to a run from Luger, who proceeds to get immediately flattened by Nash, and then inexplicably, the Muppet assists Nash by clearing off Mo. All of this leads to shit in the long run. And cherry on top of the shit Sunday is the clothesline finish. Not a clothesline off the top rope, just a wanking clothesline. Apparently they felt that the nipple twist or the nuggie were too high impact to finish for this match. And uh, Champagne on Pro Wrestling only says, I dreaded this one like a prostate exam, and it's even more of a bummer than I feared it would be. At least Sid vs El Gigante was short and on the undercard. Nash vs Big Daddy V plodded through 9 minutes in the main event of WWF's second biggest show of the year. Yeah, talk about your ill-conceived ideas. <laughs> Alright Kev, you're going to have to... Uh lead this match with your four moves <laughs> hey, the hair flips doing overtime that night <laughs> and, and yeah and you can't do finish on him because he's fucking huge and he's going to sit on you and break your back <laughs> that, that to me is why I can't put this match on the list there's, there's, there's a couple of high spots here you get, you get, you get Diesel doing a plancher which needs to be seen to be believed and you get Mabel just dropping his 500 pounds right on his lower back and Kevin Ash screaming yeah. <laughs> screaming <laughs> at him all I remember as you read that out is that the finish sucked the finish was awful, but clothesline, elbow, elbow hybrid. It, it, it was meant yeah. to be. It was meant to be like a clothesline. It comes across more like a forearm from the yeah. second. It's not, it's not exactly a phenomenal one. It, either. Yeah, it's, 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 Frankly, I just consider it a mercy killing for the audience. Yeah. One of the emailers there said it, on, it only goes nine minutes. Now I, I'm, I'm sure that he didn't want it to go beyond nine minutes. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get the the negative vibe coming from, but I'm just thankful that it was only well, nine no, minutes. It, it, it's a fair use of the English language. There were only only nine minutes. If I got a club and I battered to death your legs for only nine minutes would you feel it was only nine minutes of me battering your legs no it fucking wasn't it was still atrocious only nine minutes <laughs> I, I can't personally put this on the list there have been some absolutely awful ones we've got to a, kind of a bit of a rocking start here with some great candidates but uh, this one's not quite as far down on the dregs list because when this was when this was called by one of the, uh, the, the contributors there the worst SummerSlam main event in history I don't know that I consider this worse than Taker Taker from the year before I, I was just about to ask is, is it worse than, than Undertaker versus Underfaker I don't I don't, I don't well, think it is because nah. I, the, the crowd cares way less about Taker Taker the atmosphere is like a morgue appropriately enough this one's kind of Sounds like maybe because it's kind of synonymous with the shit Nash run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and obviously the, the, a rubbish challenger who should never won King of the Ring, mm -hmm. should never been in the match in the first place. So I can see why it sticks in people's minds. It's a, it's a fair point with the Undertaker, Undertaker match, but it depends how you watched uh, um, uh, SummerSlam '94. I personally think the main event is the cage match because as soon as the cage match mm -hmm. finished, I stopped the tape. <laughs> so quite frankly, that's the main event. So in which case, Nash Mabel is worse. <laughs> The Doomsday Cage Match, as mentioned here by Tor on WrestleFour.com, says it was Hogan and Savage versus eight guys in the ultimate cage match of Ultimate Doom, or whatever snappy name they came up for this abomination. Hogan and Savage had to fight their way down from the top, like a bad double dare challenge or something. The wrestling itself is awful. Then the Booty Man, basically Brutus Beefcake as Mr. Ass, gets involved with plastic frying pans and cocaine. Then Savage pins Flair just because there was literally no way for the heels to win. It was made clear the faces would win by fighting through the cage and escaping. As for the heels, well, that was never explained. <laughs> Worst match ever. This match capping off an all-time bad show ensured my friends and I would never buy a WCW pay-per-view again, and we didn't. Justin Seminate from the UK Fan Forum says, I vote for the Doomsday Cage match and in Censored 96. Look at the stellar um, talent involved. 
an unmotivated Randy Savage, and Hogan doing the Hulkamania thing about six years after its sell-by date. On the side of the fearsome alliance to end Hulkamania, Flair, Arn, Lex, Meng, Barbarian, the Cackmaster, and bloody Z-Gangster and the Ultimate Solution, who thankfully was renamed from the Final Solution. <laughs> Tony Lister, who is allegedly still alive. <laughs> Poor old Brian Pillman was wise enough to schedule a throat operation. I felt my throat needed an operation from the amount this match felt like deep throating a 27 and a half inch shitty dick. And Hogan and Savage move from cage to cage. My soul, in complete sync with the mega codgers, sinks down a further circle in Dante's depiction of hell, where sure enough, at the seventh and final level of hell, next to Judas sodding Iscariot, can only be the personification of a gaped prolapsed anus. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's the fucking booty man. <laughs> Armed with plastic frying pans, which Hogan and Savage grab and, pre- and proceed to swing harder than a party at Elton John's. <laughs> As if that isn't enough, despite the heel side being populated with nobodies, in other words, Ric Flair has to do the job, and the whole thing lasted 25 minutes. Forget the hookster and the nacho man. Vince would have just bought the rights to this match and showed it every week to get the viewers <laughs> switching over in droves. This was a main event. The mind fucking boggles. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a contender due to just obviously the the inept booking, just the regurgitation of of, of the you know the Hogan act, and and obviously just the fact of just the the burial of of, of or seeming burial of, of Ric Flair. I, I was going through the timeline. I was watching through the timeline, and I remember watching this match and then deciding I think I'm going to skip ahead. Now I think I'm just going to skip several months and get to the part where Scott Hall comes out because <laughs> I don't think I can take much more of this. It's just. You- what can you say? What can you really say about this match that that wasn't so eloquently covered there by the email? It's- How about the fact that Hogan's punches, kicks, eye rakes and back rakes are like the worst they ever were in this match? And we're going to cover some Hogan ground <laughs> over the course of this podcast, but it was as bad as it ever got in this match. And then just round it all off. Flair does the job. <laughs> Flair does the job. I absolutely love the fact that at one point they just get out of the cage and just climb back in and the match continues anyway no idea <laughs> don't, don't ask me a, a, a fantastic nomination a great contender and may well be mentioned again at the end of this podcast when we come up with our own individual choices this is just, just reminding myself of, of atrocious uh, WCW cage matches what was the uh, pyramid cell match that we watched that involved Jimmy Garvin Okay, so oh, the, Tower of Tower Doom, of Doom. from uh, Bash '88. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, Jimmy and uh, and Rugged Ronnie Garvin, uh, Road Warriors, Doctor Death going up against the uh, fabulous Freebirds and Samoan SWAT team, I re- believe, and Sullivan. Uh, yeah, Sullivan. that's the fifth guy. Who's got this thing for Precious? And there's some sort of relationship there that's never explained on previous Clash of the Champions. And at the end of the day. No one really cares because it's Jimmy Garvin. <laughs> it's not as if he's going to make any sort of Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's, it, it's just just remember watching this match, and it's you know it, it's not it's not just bad. I want to drain the blood out of my body just to stop me from viewing this. I just I just remember just thinking like that, looking at my watch and thinking, has the clock stopped ticking on this? Am I just like stuck in like Groundhog's Day over and over and over again because it just seems Jimmy Garvin is not moving. He's just standing still. Or someone's just paused the tape on my life and I'm just stuck in this freeze frame watching Jimmy Garvin. I'm just thinking... Hey, you've, you've got to remember, consider some of the, the talent in that match, the road warriors who are over. Yeah. Ronnie Garvin, who, you know, is only... Seven months removed from being your world champion, Steve Williams, a legit badass, and the story centres around Jimmy Jam. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just. Any, I think I just think like any moment, 
Jimmy is on screen. Life just pauses. And it, and it happened again at Hall of Fame as well. <laughs> Hall of Fame, just like, we started watching that. We watched it for like 20 minutes. And like, still, like, like five hours later, it's still going on. It's like, we're just all talking amongst ourselves. And they're still fucking talking. Yeah, so there was a long time. <laughs> fucking um, Tiger Rick on the UK fan form says, Honourable mention to Hogan Warrior from Halloween Havoc 98, which doesn't have much going for it besides intrigue. The fact that it's a main event, it was eight years in the making of it's a rematch of one of the biggest miracles in wrestling history, just make this an absolute travesty of a match. Freelancer on WrestlingForum.com says, Hogan Warrior at Halloween Havoc. The match was just terrible to watch. Everything was bad about it. I truly believe they brought Warrior in so Hogan could inflate his ego some more and get a pinfall win over him. And Kieran Swain on the Facebook page says, Featuring the run-in from Horace Hogan, said run-in, and the fire touch paper botch being the only memorable things about the match tells you everything you need to know add to the fact that Goldberg DDP was cut off from the end of the pay-per-view and it makes you think that anyone on this planet or even this universe need to see the 14 minute shower of shit that was too washed up 80 stars wanking their egos and boring the crowd to death angry even thinking about how shit this match was I disagree entirely with the notion that those were the only two memorable bits from that match because there is one other that he neglected to mention there which is the infamous log roll of doom (laughs) (laughs) which which, let's be honest a log roll doesn't that perfectly sum up what was tantamount to someone dropping a log in the ring you know what I'm not going to have that at all I'm telling you right now I learnt a lot about fighting from that match (laughs) and I learnt that you can defeat any opponent no matter how big they are by just dropping and rolling this is just a fact guys This this is a shoot this isn't a fake sport that's an actual technique you can use in a fight we did at least learn that Hulk Hogan is someone who can prevent forest fires as well Yeah, it's the only heat that match have. Uh, this was just uh, what's funny about this is I didn't say I didn't see this match as and when it happened. So I saw this years later with the reputation of this match, and I honestly didn't think it was quite as bad as as, as like the reputation was because I just found great humor in Hogan burning himself like an idiot and the log roll as you mentioned. It's like you can't take it seriously at the time. I imagine this was just like the saddest thing in the world. It's, 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 it's the way Hogan, Hogan is stood there, panic stricken as Warriors on his. God, rolling towards him. Does he think to jump over? No. Does he think to get out of the ring? No. He just stands. Take a step to the side casually. <laughs> and any of the above that have done the job. Yeah? This is why. Drop, drop the leg. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, this is, the, this is why you use this in a real fight. It's a no tactic. One that, it. Yeah, no one expects it. It's tactic. Fuck the, fuck the Gracie system, all that shit. This is what you do. You drop and roll. Yeah. That can beat anyone. Brock Lesnar would be fucked if Dean Ambrose dropped and rolled. As, as, a, as, as a genuine question when it comes to this one. Bearing in mind we, we talked about Triple H and Steiner and how it's, you know, from start to finish it's bad when you don't just encompass the match itself but the build is poor as well. <laughs> I would argue this is worse. Yeah. As, as a whole, you know, the match is terrible, the build. You, you want to talk about things that are embarrassing <laughs> that, you, that you wouldn't want non-wrestling fans to see? This is up there. Yeah. This really is. This is the equivalent of when you're a teenager and you get caught with a tissue in one hand and your dick in the other <laughs> by your parents. You know. Yeah. And to top it all off, you've got what epitomises what, what is what is the continuous link in all this shitness that we've referenced several times already. There is Ed Leslie involvement. 
the prolapse Danus from pro wrestling. <laughs> That's his official name. <laughs> the yeah. prolapse Danus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's more Hogan on this list, but this is a strong contender. Air Raid on the UK fan form says my runner up would probably be Dallas Page and Carmelo versus Hogan and Dennis Rodman from Bash at the Beach '98. <laughs> it doesn't fall into the Bushwhackers Beverly's category of negative merits. It's the first time Malone gets in the ring is amusing, but my God, is that match terrible? I felt myself aging watching that match the first time, and as I watched 30 minutes of Robin napping on the turnbuckle pad, I felt intensely jealous of him and angry at my own obsessive wrestling fan brain for forcing me to stick with it to the end. The insult that a match this bad would be your main event is magnified by the fact it ends due to interference from the disciple. <laughs> to think this match was supposed to represent DDP being ingratiated into the main event scene, anyone would think it was designed to sabotage his chances of getting to the top because as hard a grafter as Paige was, he couldn't save this yawn fest. This is coming up in the Monday Night War timeline soon, so I'm looking forward to talking about this then. But yeah, this is a classic because this is uh, Hogan on the day of the show coming in and demanding that this match gets 45 minutes. Fuck, you know. Is this one when Robin And Robin's asleep? fucked. Yeah. Ro- Robin, Robin was there at the uh, rehearsal the day before and was in completely fine shape and then showed up 10 sheets to the wind uh, no come showtime. You'd need a stiff drink with the prospect of that, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> or two. There's so many bad Hogan ones from this period that I think this one kind of gets forgotten, to be quite honest, because that there are several stinkers that we're going to get to involving Hollywood. Just, t- just take my word for it. You don't need to see it yeah. more than once because it's... Oh, uh, well, well, you mentioned the name Dennis Rodman, so that's all I need to hear. Uh, another one from Hawk Hogan. Yeah, baby, on WrestlingForum.com says, One of the first things I thought of was Taker versus Hogan, Judgment Day 2002. Taker was in poor shape, but Hogan takes most of the blame here. He couldn't be bothered working and was the recipient of the worst chokeslam of all time. <laughs> was just not interested in doing business. Terrible, terrible main event. The perfect cap after the Hulk Hogan comeback story. <laughs> but you'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all you Toronto fans out there, you still owe me one. <laughs> The image of Taker trying to get him up for that choke slam. Yeah. Which they've edited off the network, by the way. Oh, is it not on the yes. network? Yeah, you go straight to the second one. Yeah. Oh, well, I, sh- I shed a tear for that. Yeah. Talk about time standing still. <laughs> yeah, do we have a time on that match? How long that went? Because that felt like a fucking eternity. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, this is one of those ones where, because of the state of the business at the time, when you got like, all these great, again, a great roster, and you've got Taker and Hogan... The, the main event from Survivor Series 1991 for the world title 11 years later and that match wasn't any great shakes either <laughs> seems, seems to be almost a running theme of Hogan isn't it these, these rematches that take place almost a decade later <laughs> Bad News Gertner on TPWW form says 4 Brawl War Games 1998 you had Stevie Ray in it probably because nobody else would take the pin Warrior disappearing in a cloud of smoke and then couldn't get out of the cage a renegade appearance teams which meant nothing since it was every man for himself what a fucking mess and uh, Norcross RD on F4W says another vote for the three teams war games at 4 Brawl 98 the last two ring war games match of all time and the pay-per-view that got me off buying pay-per-views for nearly seven years so Jesus, Jesus Christ a lot of don't, pay-per-views. don't forget Fruit Boot he had the slapjack he did have the slapjack <laughs> oh, now you see this match was on my best of uh, full brawl uh, VHS tape that I had I'm sure they were flying off the ship I, I know they were yeah how did you get a copy <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll find it for you <laughs> this, this yeah, thing, just, right. so, just so I can prove these things actually existed one because I had no context for it not understanding what the fuck was going on half the time and then neither just, did the company and then, and then just feeling absolutely bad uh, for DDP and Bret Hart in their suit and, and I guess Sting uh, as well, even though like I had no idea why he was wearing red face paint, it was kind of like okayish at first with the initial people of, of Diamond Dallas Page and, and Bret Hart being in it. 
but it, it's it's certainly the the stink starts to waft once you get you know big sexy and and Hogan in there and then the Ultimate Warrior, which is just the the best comedy of all. It's just like I'm I'm lo- I'm watching Hogan try uh, faking being scared over this uh, uh, disappearing and reappearing Ultimate Warrior, whilst the entire time my eyes are being drawn to the background of Kevin Nash lying perfectly flat and still, like not moving, like he's in a fucking coffin, just lying there. Most ridiculous fucking thing they ever. Are, they all are. While this Hogan Warrior thing is going on, everybody in the ring is just sleeping. They're doing absolutely nothing <laughs> for minutes. Like planks. You're, you're, you're underselling the damage of the slapjack. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's not even a fact like they're on their front, you know, like looking like they're knocked out or something. Kevin Nash is lying perfectly flat and straight like he's in a coffin and I'm just watching it going he's not fucking moving what's he doing he might have died he's right taking there. a power nap is this one of his uh, famous heart attacks it might have been it looked like but, it you know they told him backstage like that no you gotta act like you're dead so Kev's like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can picture it. You can just picture it. Like, if, even if I'm, cause I'm not sure if you can see his face during this. I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I, I honestly can't recall. But I could just picture him just lying perfectly still, perfectly content, thinking, they told me to play dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> it, Ultimate Warrior appears, disappears, and then runs out of the ramp. It's like, why don't you just reappear in the ring again? You're just going to get yourself exhausted. You know what you like, Ultimate Warrior. Come on, you get exhausted by running. He, did, he, did, he, he, he slices his yeah, leg on the cage. Yeah, yeah, he's chasing after because, again, this is another thing. We're talking about multiple Hogans. You know, the, uh, the prolapsed anus returns in this one as well. <laughs> Gaping. Gaping right. prolapsed anus returns in this as, as, as the booty man comes out for the save on Hogan. Ultimate Warrior kicking the side of this the cell and then just like like... Flopping out like like a like a wet shit right into the freaking porcelain right and then just seeing there's like there's a bit of a pause as like Hogan's doing this almost like comedic run like you know like they do like in the old days where like they had like the treadmill with the background moving you know like trying to simulate they're outside and running he's just doing like the slow running behind him as Ultimate Warrior starts hobbling towards yeah. him because he's hurt his leg tore his his hamstring or his quad or something coming out of the cage all the all the effort and work that went into that and then it just goes like me. I think it just goes to the end, doesn't it? Where it's no, like, no. Before Warrior shows up, I believe, Hulk Hogan turns on his own teammate, Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. Him and Steve Ray are in cahoots. Yeah. This is, it's just like, and, and no one cares. Yeah. And when I say no one cares, I mean no one cares. Yeah, they might have actually thought, looking at Kevin Nash, that it was a funeral because they acted like it was. Yeah. They didn't give a fuck about this at all. It was confusing. It was a mess. And then, of course, Diamond Cutter, Steve Ray yeah. gets pinned. There's your winner, Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. It's like, this what? Is the, this is the fucking guy that's got to go against Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> this is a bad one. This is actually one of the ones that first came to mind when I thought of this topic. Don't have time to on WrestlingForum.com says another Warrior match here, this time against Gold the in your house seven this one isn't warrior's fault really goldust is injured but boy oh boy there are a trillion other ways to handle an injury that are tremendously better than the one we got the whole match is the warrior standing in the ring while goldust marlena and a bodyguard are scared to come in that's not terrible we've seen this a bunch of times in wrestling but there's usually a payoff nope not this time seven minutes into the segment and still nothing's happened the warrior has grabbed marlena's director's chair and is smoking a cigar while sitting in it the match still hasn't started, and now the ultimate low for the match, where we have 9,000 Nebraskans chanting FAGGOT very clearly at Goldust. This alone makes this one of the most cringeworthy matches I've ever seen. Sure, the times were different, but hearing 9,000 hicks screaming FAGGOT is just unbearable. Goldust responds by saying, if you don't shut up, I'm going to come out there and kiss each and every one of you. We've reached minute 10 of the segment, and finally the warrior has convinced Goldust to enter the ring. He comes in and sits in the chair, and finally the warrior clotheslines in. Guess what? 
That's the only offensive move of the match. Goldust runs out, and then the bodyguard comes into the ring, and the bodyguard and the warrior grapple, and the bell rings. This is where I lose it. The bell rings, and now we have a match between the warrior and the bodyguard. But don't worry, there was no match. Warrior tackles him, rips off his jacket, gives him a body slam, and then the bodyguard runs out, and the warrior's music starts. Seriously, what the hell was this? If Goldust is injured, just come out and cut a promo and have a replacement. I can only imagine paying money to see an Ultimate Warrior match and instead I get 13 minutes of this crap. Great investment, Vince. Yeah, these in-your-house pay-per-views were less than stellar. (laughs) (laughs) I did not mourn the demise of this concept. No, certainly not. And it certainly won't be the last time that Dustin Rhodes is called a faggot by the member of the crowd. Yeah, more on that in the uh, next episode of The Timeline, which is... uh, can't remember exactly what he says. Does he say, Goldust says something along the lines of, I'm going to stick my tongue down each and every one of your throats or something like that? So, words to that effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this got a lot of uh, awesome. scorn. This got a lot of scorn at the time. From basically oh, false advertising. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the Village Voice were pissed off as well. Well, they, they, they were very touchy about this subject, and kind of rightfully so. Ambulance Chase on the UK fan forum says, Dustin Rhodes, blacktop bully, and a fucking King of the Road match. <laughs> I think it went for a total of three days. Choppy camera angles. The offense amounted to punches and kicks for the fear of getting whiplash or dying. Dustin Rhodes was in the match. And to top it all off, they fucking bladed and got sent packing. Utterly clueless drivel. We did talk about this one on the worst gimmick match concepts of all time on a recent show, and this one got quite a lot of... Uh, Quite a lot of love, I suppose you'd call it. A wildly entertaining match. I wouldn't call it love. Yeah, okay, it was well, like hate fucking version of it. It was, it was fantastic, uh, fantastic commentary we had on that uh, that podcast. But Yeah, I mean, considering the match itself was a car wreck, I think it's a pity that we didn't have an actual car wreck to end it. Yeah, that would have actually that would have been a real good high spot. Probably the only high spot in the match. Was it like the first or second match on the show? First. First match? Yeah, opened the show. It, it, it opened the show. Oh, well, I tell you what, that's, that's putting in contention with uh, Brett and Owen. <laughs> Fucking Pillman Liger, I can tell you. Fuck the me. best thing. But it's uncensored, G. Anything can happen. Why, why, why did it's it such a good match. Why did it have to be moving? I don't know. <laughs> why did it have to be in a lie? It wouldn't have been any better if the lie wasn't moving. It'd be well, even more you pointless. Leave. You see it. At least like... you can walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the way, the comment in the feedback where it says Dustin Rhodes was in it, it's a little hard considering Blacktop Bully is the opponent. Not exactly known for five-star classics himself. I just couldn't see that being any better. So we're gonna we're gonna go to a lorry outside now. It's not moving, but they're just in a lorry, right? <laughs> it's at least. Yes, it would be much better. This <laughs> is so silly. It's, it's, it's such that, a stupid concept. There's, there's no making it better. Well, three guys got fired coming out of this. <laughs> the, the only thing that's noble about this entire match is Bobby Heenan's fantastic commentary, mocking the trailer parks that they're driving past. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they put like farm animals in there as well. We did debate this last yeah. time, I believe. We were talking about we had the. Um, I, I think I wanted monkeys. You wanted monkeys to yeah. throw poo. Well, over yeah, nice. if, if he's like suplexed a pig, then I might like forgive it because at least well, like you he, know, he gets like poo in his eyes and he goes to pick up Dustin, but he picks up the pig and he suplexes the p- belly to back. Absolutely, Joe suplexes a pig. That that's a high spot. As it was, <laughs> in the minor stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, S. Doyle Grange on the Facebook page says hands down without a second thought Daniel Bryan jobbing to Sheamus in less than 20 seconds at Wrestlemania gets my vote not only due to its ludicrous booking but due to devaluing Daniel Bryan's world champion in the position in which the Royal Rumble winner was placed there were plenty of other stinkers but where those were at least given the breathing room to become matches this was reduced to a poor angle and at Wrestlefuckingmania for the big gold belt that's inexcusable I, I can understand in theory why <coughs> You, you would say that's a horrible match. I kind of like thought about it briefly as well at the start of the podcast while we were talking. But at the, at the end of the day, whilst, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bad use uh, of the Royal Rumble winner, which they've been doing like ever since. 
you know we were all pissed off of how Daniel Bryan was we, we I, I was at least looking forward to this match uh, expecting a lot but at the end of the day this was what like kick-started like the yes movement yeah, yeah. It, it, this is what kick-started like the best part of Brian's career I, I don't know how to analyze it so I don't know like if they had like a full match would it have changed like history in some way I, I don't get it this like, is the thing was, I see what was, you're saying was, was it better because he was so underused in this that it pissed off the fans that it made him even more intense which got Daniel Bryan even more over absolutely I, th- I think there's really much debate about it because I think that's the thing I remember someone saying this at the time if he just lost in a 12 minute good match no way will it have inspired his fans to act the way they did and I think that uh, obviously this isn't the ideal booking for anybody but this kind of falls in that category for me and Daminator of TPWW kind of said hardly a match but it needs to be said Hogan and Yoko at Mania 9 and it kind of fits into that category for me where the worst pay-per-view match of all time I'll say worst booking on a pay-per-view perhaps but I don't know to, to me this doesn't this kind of falls a little bit out of the category does anybody kind of see it the same or? no I, I do to, to me it doesn't really um, it doesn't really qualify because when, when I think about particularly bad matches I, I, I tended to think of something that, that did actually constitute a genuine match I mean that, did, that was given some time I think the email there did even reference it as, as they reference it as more of an angle yes and, and to me that, that's that, that's a pretty apt description for what Brian Seamus was um, I completely agree with, with your, your point G on it in the sense that it, it did it lit a fire in it and it sort of added to the resentment that a section of fans had about Brian's treatment which wouldn't have been there had it just been a normal match um, so for me I, it didn't really come into my thinking and I, I don't really see it as, as being um, a qualifier yeah totally an angle not a match for me but it's just because Brian is so insulting I mean if you'd done it with someone else then if it was the Miz no one would give a shit <laughs> if they do it with Del Rio for example exactly yeah. um, in the same token I did think Hogan and Yoko just because, and that's again insulting in a different way because they just bury Brett and they go back to Hogan. Yeah. But I don't know, it's, I suppose, their own personal judging criteria. But then the fact you go back to Hogan and what leads after that. Yeah. And all, 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 also in the fact that, like, not only the things with Seamus and Brian, they were at least pushing Seamus, like, really strong in that direction, whereas Brian was the, the chicken shit champion. Yeah. In this case, it's like, Yoko's the monster heel who's just won the belt and he's beaten in seconds. Yeah. yeah. Brian and Seamus were supposed to wrestle on the previous WrestleMania as well for the United States title, yeah. if I remember right. And I was looking forward to that because I think it was heel Seamus versus babyface Brian. And they got relegated to the pre-show. Was then which, turned into a battle royal. Yeah, which, which I, I, I still don't think I even got to see that. And I remember being pissed off. So I remember like waiting for this match. Saying, oh, they're going to do it again this year, but it'll be for the world title. So they're actually going to give this time now. They're not going to like bunk the world title uh, down into the freaking uh, pre-show well they might as well for the fact that it was, it, was the, it was the first match on the show so I remember being initially pissed off with not just necessarily um, the fact that Daniel Bryan lost but more just the fact that I didn't get the match that I'd waited two years to see <laughs> but it, in terms of your comparison with the Hogan um, Yoko the Bryan Sheamus match is like it's more disappointing than anything but you know Brian benefited in the long run the Hogan the Brett the Brett and Yoko and the Yoko Hogan matches are just complete travesty next one here though is one that got an awful lot of uh, consideration Cobra 1000 on the UK fan forum says Michael Cole Jerry Lawler Wrestlemania Cole had some some moments of brilliance as a heel like his booth separating him from the other commentators but for the most part he was even more unbearable than his usual self not unbearable in a wow what a great heel way more unbearable in a fuck off you utter cretin way nobody has ever given a damn about you since you started in the WWF he should have got pile driven and that would have been that Lawler gets his moments but no WWE makes you suffer through tedious garbage with your heroes 20 
25 minutes this lasted. It was infuriating and insulting as a fan. Why do fans that love something deserve to be insulted? The third longest match on that year's WrestleMania. Vince probably thought it was the best thing in the world though, so I guess that makes it alright. Uh, Pitzel on the UK fan forum says, I'm going with Cole and Lawler from Mania. They had a chance to create a genuinely touching moment with Lawler getting a win at his first WrestleMania appearance as a wrestler, and they fucked it up. Lawler hitting a pile drive after a few minutes of slapping the piss out of Cole would have sufficed. But instead, they decided it's a great idea to have this monstrosity go on for over 15 minutes. This match felt like it went on forever. What makes this turd of a rivalry even worse is they ended up having two more pay-per-view matches after this, which are both honourable mentions to this topic. Harmonic Generator on the UK fan form says should be a simple match with only one logical outcome, and that is not a DQ win for Michael Cole. This also felt like it lasted for years, but it's not as offensive as Vince vs. Brett, uh, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Uh, Beer from the UK fan form says I had the misfortune of being there for it. Mania crowds aren't known for being the hottest, but fuck me, did this sap any life they might have had right out of them. As mentioned, the match should have been a given. Cole ducks and dies for five minutes, takes a beating, pile driven, crowd pops for the king. Instead, we were given half an hour of dross, bored me to tears sitting through it. Uh, Fallatio Lips on the UK fan forum says this one is my pit because literally all it needed to be was Cole hiding in the coal mine, Lawler breaking him out, pile driving him, and it did not need, in this universe or any other fucked up timeline, to be a 40 minute DQ marathon. Uh, Vic Capri on wrestling forum says there is nothing else but this match, and Mercenary on TPWW says Cole vs. Lawler, shut it down. This was just depressing. <laughs> this was depressing because I went into it with the notion that um, we've all hated Cole for years. Yeah, but, what, but what they what they served up was almost exactly what I was expecting from this complete. At no at no point did I think this was going to be a quick, you know, five minute ass kicking, nice nice happy ending that off off to the next match. I was expecting this to be dragged out to be dull and boring to watch and unfortunately it was uh, everything I feared. The whole heel call thing, it's like you get as a seed of an idea I understand it but he was so fucking, not obnoxious he was detrimental to the talent as well and he was just, god, and he went on for so long doing doing the gimmick and yeah, as the match I mean, come on, just fucking kill him but it's that annoying thing it's like kind of, to a different level of like Shane this year where he's a non-wrestler and it, but it's a high-profile match in their eyes, so we've got to stretch this thing out. And yeah. like, no, you don't need to do that. No, you don't need to. There, there's one point in the match when I remember Cole working over Jerry Lawler's leg. I was just sitting there looking at the screen like, what the fuck? Who the yeah. fuck thought this is what this match needs to look like? I think Malenko put the match together and got reamed for it by really? Vince afterwards, yeah. But still, were, were you? Were, can anyone around this table say they were surprised at what they saw? Yes. I honestly thought, not necessarily that they were going to do what they did, they, they would smoke and mirrors it up with, with swag, I thought that's why he was there, mm. but I didn't think they'd have Cole doing the prolonged beatdown on him. Like, I mean, they could have done that in, in one third the time, and done the smoke and mirrors around it afterwards, with, with Austin there. They, they had a lot of, of accoutrements they could have played with, instead they just had Cole work in the leg. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was just this thing of... Psychology, just... Liam, psychology. <laughs> and he said, I said, I absolutely agree, you, you thought they were going to have the full smoke and mirrors, that there was going to be some swag interference... He'll, he'll he'll knock Swagger out with like one of his punches or whatever, and then just just batters Cole, and it just ends. And it's just like, uh, you know, not if you're going to have Swagger involved, not necessarily going to be thirty seconds, but it might be it might be you know three four minutes something like that. That's fine because then the right guy goes over for not just the feud, not just WrestleMania, but for the guy's fucking career as well. But instead, they have fucking Cole. It's just this ridiculous thing of just I I detested this entire Cole heel run I fucking hated it and this wasn't like 
oh you hate it oh he's working you know no this is like I want you to fuck off or I just want New Jack to kill you you know it's like that's how bad it is this is like just get the fuck off my screen every time you open your mouth you're burying talent you're burying the product when it's your fucking job to be promoting it you are fucking eejid it's, it's like Kieran said you can understand sort of the, the seed of the idea in the sense of they know that most fans don't like Michael Cole they know most fans would want JR there if that's going to happen let's turn that negative into a quote unquote positive and give them a reason to dislike Michael Cole whilst, the, whilst also while it does undermine as you both point out the central role of what a commentator is supposed to be yeah. and that's just been, that's completely lost on creative and, and lost on Vince in his in his uh, more senior years, let's say. I, I would, I would hold my hands up and say that I was, I would have, I would have been more surprised at what happened, were it not for the fact that this does follow on a year later from the Brett Vince yes. debacle. So I think that 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 probably played into my thought process at the time. And and just an FYI, the fellatio lips is Hogan's pet name for beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, this is a good one here Stevie G 1980 on the UK fan form says I ask you one question do you want to play 21 <laughs> <laughs> from an event that brought you oh here we go Greg Valentine versus George Steele and the Bushwhackers versus Sheik and Volkoff in 1999 I give you the Heroes of Wrestling main event Jim Neidhart and King Kong Bundy versus Jake Roberts and Yokozuna it wasn't even meant oh. to be a tag what it was a single between Nightheart and Jake, but Jake was in fuck all shape to perform, let alone walk. To attempt to save it, they threw out Bundy and a near 800 pounds Yokozuna to make it a tag. It's painful, but it must be suffered through once, and only once. Does that answer your question, Jake? Do I want to play 21? No. After seeing you hold your snake like a winky and force a middle-aged hag to fondle your man boobs, I'd rather not, thanks. Uh, Fragile X on TPWW says, It's cliche, but it's what came to mind. Uh, Jake and Yoko versus Nightheart and Bundy. I was so excited for that pay-per-view too, I convinced my mum to order it. Sorry, mum. <laughs> Slicky Tricky Damon on TPWW says, Pretty much every match on this fucking show. You want to play 21? I've got 22. I'll go with the main event of Jim Nightheart and Bundy with Mini Bundy. Uh, defeating Roberts and Yokozuna terrible I forgot about Minnie Bundy the manager that is never explained just shows up halfway through the match looking like George Dawes (laughs) (laughs) it's like if King Kong Bundy had a human turd this is what it would look like (laughs) oh it's so so painful and the promo beforehand yeah so that's classic Jesus you know Jake at his, at his tanked up best or worst depending on your perspective you know any any second now during the promo you thought he was going to bust out the old two at a time or two at a time with toys line <laughs> uh, but I'm sure it's all uh, all beyond the mat's fault even in an alternative reality where you manage to get all four of those guys at the peak of their career right the, the, <laughs> the, 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 their peak age the peak moment I know they're, they're bad I was going to say considering but, Bundy's yeah. peak was Hogan in the cage at Mania yeah. 2 I'm, I'm still bear, not sure where this is going to go moment, if, even if you got all four of them at the peak of their career or the physical, physical uh, being whatever I still wouldn't want to see that match. <laughs> I have no interest in the potential Jake Roberts Yokozuna tag team, and I sure as fucking hell have no interest <laughs> in a fucking Neidhart and King Bundy tag team. It's like Jesus Christ, he's going to tell you something when Neidhart's the fucking worker of the yeah, two. He's the Ferrari <laughs> and not the tank. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, shit's hitting the fan. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a it's, it's. I fuck. think that was Jake's hotel room actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yokozuna's ass is fucking enormous in this match, by the way, because he. He wouldn't. He would die not too long after this. Embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> of shame, Kieran, <Yeah>. of shame. <laughs> this this is up there. And actually, oh. it was mentioned in passing by I think Bushwhacks vs. Sheik and Volkov is actually worse. Because while 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 this tag uh, the main event as we just generously call it, um <laughs> is, is pitiful. Oh, it's a happening. It's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nikolai Volkov, who should have been in Room 101 when we did that show a few weeks ago. Yeah. His offense in that match with the Bushwhackers. Did we get the little spin kick? No, no, he can't. He can't bush <laughs> he that can't, out anymore. He can't lift the leg up. Wait, when was this match? 1999. Sheik is awful. Sheik can't do a thing in this match. He did the camel clutch. He does that all right, but that's about it. And again, there's a, there's a manager at ringside that looks like Stalin. The only the only upside I can say is that Jameson wasn't out there. So. Um, again, two very, very strong contenders here. People paid to see that that show, those matches. The only good thing on that entire show was Tully Blanchard's promo, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll move to another couple of uh, different matches here. The Russian Daydream on Pro Wrestling Only says, How about the scaffold match with Steve Austin and Terry Taylor versus Bobby Eaton and PN News from the Great American Bash 91? Scaffold matches tend to be tedious with only a few exceptions, but this one didn't even have the payoff of someone taking the big bump at the end. The finish is absolutely awful, where Eaton captures the flag from the heel team's end, but neither the fans nor the commentators realise that the match has ended. The guys just pretty much stop fighting and climb down. <laughs> <laughs> we want flair. We, we want, want flair. flair. Yo, baby. Yo, baby. Yo. Oh god. Yeah. PN. The, the own. This is again. This is a, an opening match on the show. Absolutely hideous. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Meltzer gave this the old minus five stars. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's send the four hundred pounder up on the scaffold. But the, the, again, I think the honestly the biggest high spot of the match is is when I think Terry Taylor ends up on his back on the scaffold and PN News kind of like slides on him like a snake and like a wildebeest or something like that and just kind of mounts him on the scaffold he rolled on him yeah, he pretty much did I don't know do you reckon that's where Warrior scouted it from then perhaps so he thought he was uh... and just, just evolved the move <laughs> I don't know he's got this image of Ultimate Warrior in a dark room with just one lone television and he's just there watching different videos of people rolling on each other yeah. just thinking this much might work the National Enquirer did make similar allegations that he did that once upon a time but we'll, 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 we'll move on <laughs> We'll move away from that one. Yeah, this is um, this is probably the uh, peak or the low, the low point in terms of how, how hideous Jim Hurd's running of the company was. <laughs> Just look at the guys in the match. Terry Taylor, Steve Austin, Bobby Eaton. Those aren't bad wrestlers, yeah. you know. Bobby Eaton was doing the series with the TV title and with Austin, so there's, there's good stuff going on. And you just stick up on this scaffold with PN News. It was fucking awful. The, the, the ending's a good point, too, because like, he grabs the flag... There's a, there's a spot where Lady Blossom comes in with the uh, the hairspray, gets sprayed in the eyes, and then it's kind of ends. The bell rings. No one knows why. Thank you for coming. <laughs> and also, the one thing I will mention about this is they got the great Wiley Coyote cam that WF would later steal. Yeah. But of course, because it's WCW, it's fi- it's fixated solely on all the empty seats in the crowd because <laughs> it's World Championship Wrestling, and that's just the way they do things. It, it was that much of a shit. Something they they weren't even smart enough to to cut it off the uh, off the home release, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it makes the home release a long. I don't think uh, it does. Does, does it? No. Uh, did they at least have the decency to cut it from that? They did have the humanity to save viewers from repeat viewings of this year because, of course, they were too cheap to do use three hour tapes WCW so they stuck a three hour show on a two hour tape and cut this match so you could say that they had the humanity to not show the manatee yes if you will 
Grap and Apple on Pro Wrestling Only says, I really hate Bam Bam Bigelow versus New Jack from WrestlePalooza 98. It oh. rep- it represents the worst in ECW. Bloodletting with no purpose, stupid garbage balls, and dangerous spots for the sake of a spot. A clearly woozy from blood lost New Jack jumping from the balcony to the concrete just to hit Bam Bam with a guitar is one of the most unnecessary and dumbest spots I've ever seen. This this is just an absolute mess and it's it's ECW at its at its worst. Yeah, you know, we we've talked before about how Heyman was good at sort of creating an environment where you hid the negatives and, and showed the strengths and, and sometimes things would fall through the cracks and this is definitely one of those instances Bigelow looks like he wants to be anywhere but there especially as he's trying to sell and and play the dumb heel which way did he go whilst New Jack is floundering on the balcony above him which is clearly shown on the camera <laughs> with Bigelow pulling what, what a great say, shot. must be a great facial expression but yeah, Bigelow looks like he just wants to get the hell out of there, and I, I can't say I blame him. It's not even Woozy from Blurred Loss. Just for some context yeah. here, New Jack got a pretty severe concussion during the match, and of course he's going to do a balcony dive. It's, it's a planned spot. He can't. He can barely stand for the people who haven't seen this. And at the security, they dragging him up are the stairs, dragging him up the stairs so he can jump off the balcony. And when he when I say jump off, he basically falls off the balcony and just crashes on the concrete with a guitar in his hand to hit Bigelow on the way down. It's it's horrible looking it's actually a minor miracle that he manages to connect with Bigelow in any way with the the guitar because you you could imagine you know nine times out of ten he's just pratfalling off that ledge and just you know hitting the concrete with Bigelow just sort of stood there looking thinking what the fuck do I do now As, as somebody who has suffered a concussion in a match myself personally the idea of going up to a balcony 20 feet in the air and diving off onto the concrete floor in that state is absolutely shocking beyond belief. A, a real case where somebody really should have called an audible here and uh, said, no, you're not going to do that. I'm hoping this isn't going to be New Jack's only appearance. Yeah, I'm thinking New Jack, as his entire catalogue of work, should be placed here. Not Jay Tab on Pro Wrestling Only says, I don't know if it's officially a match or just a long brawl, but New Jack versus Vic Grimes from Living Dangerously 2000 deserves a mention, not only for the match itself, but its legacy. It was your average New Jack brawl until both guys climbed a rickety looking structure, oh. neither being a small man, and stood awkwardly holding each other until the time came for both to fall off oh. through a table, with Grimes landing on New Jack's head, leaving him temporarily blind. Oh. Just looking at this structure, you knew that no good can come from trying anything up there, and the fact they decided to go up there anyway was terrible totally boneheaded of course he also mentions that this leads to the XPW rematch in its honour so uh, but yeah this is uh, another horrible contender again long painful agonising and then the the nature of the end this this is you actually preempted me there that's what I was building up to I thought like um, I do remember the Wrestlepalooza match but the one that the, the, the New Jack match that just most offends me is Living Dangerously 2000 it's just I absolutely agree with you. Uh, you know, in terms of the Wrestle Palooza match, him going up concussed and doing that dive is just irresponsible of everybody involved in that. I I don't even need to see that Vic Grimes match again. I can see it every time I close my eyes. If I just imagine it, I can see that fall. And it's, it's ironic because when New Jack closed his eyes, it didn't make a damn bit of difference. He couldn't <laughs> see either way. It's it's it. I could just see it every time. It was just horrific. It's just absolutely horrific, and it's just. There, there was just no business that happening, and I, I, I never, I never saw the XPW rematch. I had no fucking interest in doing that at all. The whole, the whole, the whole match worked, and it, it just get worse. The more, the the more uh, high spots he tries to do, just just the poorer the match is for me because he's just he's just not the worker. He's just nothing at all. Glenric Pilchards on the UK fan form says the match I wish to nominate is Big Show versus Boss Man from Armageddon for the WWF title. 
The first question you have to ask yourself is why? Why the fuck is this a title match? Yes, the roster is a little bit thin after the quiche knocked down Austin at Survivor Series, but Harvey Wimpleman probably had more of a right to claim a shot than Big Boss Man. At Survivor Series, the Boss Man was part of a losing team in a four-on-one handicap match against the Big Show. How much more of a loser can you be if you and your three mates can't beat one person? It appears all the Boss Man needed to do to get a title shot was to nick the cups of the Big Show's dad. And then the match itself, a three-minute squash which did nothing for anyone involved. What a waste of fucking time and waste of a title match. It was a good job WCW was so shit at the time as wank like this could have handed the Monday Night War over to Billion Dollar Ted. So uh, again, three minutes. Is, is, is this enough here to qualify say, as the worst? Would you, would you prefer it went 15? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is one of those small mercy things, isn't it? Like Nash and Mabel only going not at least, you know, at least it didn't go into double digit minutes, you know. Same can be said for this one. At least they acknowledged this is gonna fucking suck <laughs> it's gonna suck this, why did we do this <laughs> spent so much time on it to blow it off in three minutes it's like Lesnar and Holly when they gave that five <laughs> after like months of build we've had Big Show gassed in his dressing room and attacked by boss man that was Harvey. awesome that was awesome we've had, we've had the, the fake cop tell him that his, that his dad's dead we've got the coffin the poetry not to, not to mention the fact that Bossman beats Rock to get the number one he contendership he, be, he pins the Rock fairly clean as I remember it almost, almost clean as a whistle on Raw Bossman getting the Duke on the Rock in 1999 folks it wasn't exactly a stellar year for uh, old Ray trailer was it no no well, yeah yeah yeah. this following the kennel from hell match shortly before and the hell in the cell prior to that yeah he had some fucking blinders didn't he old boss man fair candidate for a bad feud but I, I think we've talked about a lot of matches that are worse as matches um, Neil Robinson on the Facebook page says I'm going to go back to the autumn of 99 WCW are white hot with the NWO and beginning to dominate in the ratings so how does the WWF combat this at mind games we get Jim Cornette versus Jose fucking Lothario in what fucking world does that make a pay per view Cornette should never have been anywhere near a wrestling ring in 96 and Lothario should have been nowhere near the WWF and to think that both of them were meant to be in the main event with Sean and Davey Boy which was the original prime I mentioned on the timeline it's supposed to be Sean and Jose against Davey and Cornette at first and uh, the thing is, again, this went one minute. This went one minute. There's not that much to really look at and say this was a disgrace as a pay-per-view match. One minute throwaway between the managers. Yeah, I can't get too offended. Yeah, no, it's it's more offensive in in when you look at it in the context of they spent TV time to promote this when they were getting their ass handed to them by WCW. And you look at it in that context, yeah, it's, it's pretty damn bad. But but as a match, like you say, it's it's a sixty-second throwaway. Just, just to refresh my memory, was it Sean who got Jose next? Yeah, in the in the end, yeah. See, you sure will love him for that. <laughs> what, was, what was Jose's nickname during the build-up for this again? Super Sock. Super Sock. Super Sock. Yeah. Uh, Line of the Midlands in the UK fan form says, let's go for what is undoubtedly one of the worst matches to grace any ring, and this is one of Kieran's favourites as I remember it from the time. A match that spits in the eye of Luthes, breaks wind in the face of Billy Robinson, and punches Antonio Inoki squarely in the conkers with a spiked glove. From one of those awful pay-per-views comes the stinking turd. <laughs> comes a stinking turd floating in the shallow end of a swimming pool at a children's birthday party. Kevin Thorne and Ariel versus Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly from December to Dismember. I don't remember who won, but let me tell you the winners were not the viewers. None of the four had any redeeming qualities in the ring, genuinely awful. Here when we watched this match live at the time, I just remember it being about 2.30 maybe in, in the night, because this show only went about 2 hours 20 minutes anyway. And you're just uproariously laughing at the aerial elbow drop on Kelly Kelly where she kind of shakes her ass and then does like the worst elbow drop you've ever seen. I guarantee like a traumatic 
victim of, of, of a horrible incident, you can barely remember the details of this <laughs> I match. I can't remember a single thing about it. It's fucking shocking. It's one of those matches where when it starts, because it was such a random hodgepodge, you know, Davari Tommy Dreamer made this card. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to ask if you remembered that one, Kieran. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's probably an even better candidate. <laughs> yeah, so you got like Nox. No, this was worse. Nox and uh, Thorn are in the ring, and it looks like this is going to be another random tag match. And then you just kind of like, your eye kind of wanders over, and you realise the girls are standing on the apron. And you're like, oh god. Oh god, no! <laughs> and no, they do. They tag them in, and you get the classic Kelly Kelly aerial action. So, uh,. A, a, on an awful card filled with matches that could be candidates yeah. here as this a, is the, uh, the uh, as was said there the floating turn in the shallow end yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, as a man far greater than me once said it's the December to fucking forget <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that voted worst match of 2006 no no no, no the reverse oh, battle well. royal took it instead for TNA <laughs> <laughs> The real adrenaline. Bad matches. Yeah. The real adrenaline flush. You know what? Let's get us some TNA. I feel like we've really <laughs> yeah, neglected yeah. them. We, 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 we've held out. We've held off for far fucking too far long. Too let's, long. Let's troll through the archives at the warehouse, <laughs> <laughs> the offices. Yeah. Now let's actually get to the true contenders for this. Yeah, as, yeah. It's funny. Joe Wakeley wrote in and said anything from TNA as <laughs> his nomination. Gordiem on the UK fan forum says. Cheeks versus Frank Parker <laughs> on one of the early weekly pay-per-view shows. That might be the second week. <laughs> if you ever asked the question, what would happen if Mark Henry ate the big show? The answer is Cheeks. Fucking Cheeks. Cheeks Cheeks. He looks like someone took the bottle from Raiders of the Lost Ark, painted it brown, put it in spandex and hoped for the best. By the time he's walking to the ring, he's blown up in sweating gravy. The, the match consists of Frank Parker bouncing off him and trying not to be eaten. Carl, as someone who I believe has a, uh, a vivid recollection of Cheeks, I want you to take the lead on this one while I show Kieran a picture of this individual. Um, well, I don't know who this guy is. The, the way his ring gear is, is set up, G, he's, he's got a, a backside that looks like Rikishi's in many respects. Uh, a face. <laughs> Hang on a, a second. <laughs> Live reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, Kieran, over to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. A, a face that looks like the midget fucking beetle hell. juice that you saw on WCW <laughs> like, in the dying days. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like fucking Big um, Mama's house. What the fuck's yeah. going on there? Yeah, and when you think cottage cheese looking thighs, oh, oh. that is what you think of. Oh, that is just atrocious. <laughs> There's a there's a gif on uh, oh. on Google. If you just search cheeks C H E E X T N A, there's a gif of a sit down splash that is just fantastic <laughs> from this Frank Taylor match. It's it's basically it's basically it's it's, it's all see seeing this seeing this now as as Liam shows us it uh, it basically just resembles. A scrotum with a head in a leotard. <laughs> but it's really funny because they called him Cheeks. Yeah. But the adrenaline rush doesn't end there, folks, because up next, Gordium on the UK fan forum says Charmel versus Jenna Maraska. Oh. This match was painful to watch. Maraska flops and flails around the ring like a sex doll filled with jelly, while Charmel wisely sticks to a moveset more basic than a retard's maths homework. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> 
The, I should have read that first. The crowd starts shitting on it 10 seconds into the match when Marasca throws slaps so weak she looks like a kitten pulling at a ball of wool. The audience turned their backs on the ring in disgust. The match ends with Marasca grinding her crotch into the KO'd Charmel's face with all the grace and sexiness of a drunk fat chick at a hen night thinking she's got a chance with the stripper. I'm pretty sure a part of me died inside while enduring this fucking abomination. Jingus from Pro Wrestling Only says, I have never, ever seen a worse match than this. Charmel giving the worst in-ring effort of her career was bad enough, but Jenna Marasca truly gave the single worst wrestling performance that I've ever seen on any pay-per-view ever. Jenna was so bad she couldn't run in a straight line, attempting to run the ropes <laughs> in a swooping semi-circular parabola as if she was slingshotting across the ring centre of gravity. Her strikes uh, were considerably worse than the phony no-contact kind that actors use when one character slaps another in a live stage play. Her offence was so bad that it was contagious, infecting Awesome Kong at ringside, causing that woman to throw the only no-contact airball I've ever seen her deliver. After approximately 29 hours of stellar action, even the match ending couldn't be considered a positive since the finish was quite literally Jenna doing a lap dance on Charmel's face and pinning her with cunnilingus. I have had better wrestling matches than this. That statement is literally true and I must reinforce it. All of my dozen or so wrestling matches, which I've performed on indie shows, were all better than this and I'm a half-trained announcer slash referee slash manager without a single speck of athletic talent. I was legitimately born with a mild case of cerebral palsy. I'm officially a fucking cripple and yet I repeatedly and consistently provided a better simulation of athletic performance and full contact combat than Jenna vs. Charmel. Fuck this match and most especially fuck the bookers, trainers and promoters who are egotistical enough to actually insult their own fan base so grievously by expecting them to pay to watch this no talent, no effort, ego wanking garbage? That's got to be a first on a podcast when someone writes in with, with a comment like that. But uh, yeah, Charmel, Jenna, this one speaks for itself. Yeah, desperate, but she's famous. Oh, in her defence, though, the, the 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 science behind the curved ring uh, running. running is that you actually run a further distance so you can actually get more speed up oh to then be yourself off said rope yes so maybe there was more psychology to this than meets the eye and and, was that a logic bomb or it was but I I didn't really feel like dropping it Um, (laughs) and the 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 finish was her toxic pussy fumes (laughs) (laughs) the bumps in this match are they are so bad I actually watched this one earlier on just like I have a fresh reminder and there's just the, the rope running if you can even call it that into her back elbows and just collapsing onto the ground as the bump it's absolutely horrific the slaps from 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 Jenna oh my god and the fans are like imagine the amount of shit that they put up with during this period those Impact Zone fans they sat through all of Russo's television and they still chanted this is awesome and TNA at random points and even they turned the back on the on this on the ring during this match and rightfully so because this this is right from the depths of the TNA toilet. <laughs> we, however, move on to another one of TNA's stellar offerings here. Uh, Tom Campbell, a Cadillac of a man, writes Ooh, in... <laughs> love you, Tom. Jeff Hardy versus Sting at Victory Road has to be there. You know, the one where <laughs> Jeff Hardy rocked up off his bid on Space Wiz and TNA still sent him out to wrestle. Frank Drebin on TPWW says, Can you imagine if that had happened at a WWE pay-per-view? The others mentioned are all bad matches and deserve to be on this proverbial list. But we're talking about a main event where one of the performers was inebriated to the point where management had to resort to improvised verbal magic tricks in the ring, effectively
effectively cancelling it mid-entrances because that's how much of a danger Hardy was to himself and those around him. Pat Dooley on the Facebook page says this has to be the pick here, right? The main event of one of your biggest shows of the year ends in a matter of seconds when the heel authority figure tells the babyface challenger to shoot pin the heel champ because he showed up dangerously high. Nothing will ever compare to this, at least I hope not. And uh, Luke Moore on the Facebook page says let's be honest, we all know the winner is the main event of Victory Road in 2011. A clearly pilled up Jeff Hardy being forcibly pinned to the map by Sting, the crowd chanting bullshit, and a pissed off Sting saying, I agree at the end. A total train wreck of a main event. This does deserve some discussion. <laughs> it, it certainly does, but just to, um, just to highlight the brain trust that is TNA, what, what is their way of, of getting out of it on the fly once they've backed themselves into a corner and actually got the guy in the ring? What do they do with this pilled up guy? They have him dropped on, his, on the back of his head. <laughs> Yeah, you because know, the situation isn't bad enough. Let's try and concuss the guy in the process. I'm, I'm almost loath to to include it in my thinking because it isn't a match from from that standpoint. But it's just it just it, it epitomises the clusterfuck that is TNA. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with it because of the situation. It's like kind of don't want to because it's it is what it is. But at the same time, it's your main event and it's so fucking bad in so many ways. I would probably describe this one um promotional malpractice possibly um just just, <laughs> just almost I'll say it in a specific way it's a bit unfortunate really it's a bit like that because at the end of the day yeah I agree with your with your sentiments Kieran of it's it's a main event it's absolutely atrocious that it uh, wasn't something angle. it was intended as a match yeah it was, it's, it's such uh, a fuck up they yeah. ended it so short I absolutely agree it's, 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 it's still it's, atrocially embarrassing and yeah it's, tragic it's absolutely so Jeff Hardy just spaced out his fucking trolley when he's just <laughs> looking out to the crowd with anybody want my t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> I did blow on it earlier yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I you know yeah, what he, this is the low point of Jeff Hardy's career, the low point of TNA's existence, perhaps, mm. and that's saying something. Maybe Cheeks, I don't know. Is he most embarrassed? Maybe the yeah. Dup Cup, I'm not sure. <laughs> mate, that, the, no. mas- the masturbating midget. No, that's, that's, no, you brought that up again. The Dup Cup. <laughs> the Dup Cup. The thing is, that this is one of the ones that, because it was the main event, that's why I kind of feel this does deserve a bit more conversation, because mm. the, the main event is always what people pay to see. Yeah. And what you were paying to see, they basically just took it. They didn't offer any refunds. From, they yeah. just took your money and just basically just yeah. pulled their dick from, out and just rubbed it on your face. From, 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 a, from a business standpoint, this is embarrassing. This is like... Um, it's DNA. To, 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 yeah, exactly. It's it's to, it's not not the same situation, but it's to the same degree as as with um uh, with Halloween Havoc with WCW, where where the audience who had paid money to see that see that the pay per view suddenly lost their main event because the feed cuts off because they went over. It's like the same <laughs> yeah, but thing. But those people got refunds. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's just like it's whenever you don't get the main event, it's it's fucking that's it's just unfortunate. That's bad business. But I still stand by the fact it's TNA. <laughs> Are we really that surprised that something like this involving Jeff Hardy, who's not the cleanest person in terms of his social life, in TNA, who don't give two flying fucks over what anybody does? Are we really that surprised this happened? We were dis- well, we were discussing this off air before the show started, but if and when TNA finally dies, if it when? does, if it does, we are actually going to do a show. We want everyone to write their own eulogy and send it in because I think that that would be a, a fitting end 
to the, uh, the TNA book. Uh, move on to another one here. Innovator on TPWW form says, Honorable mention has to go to Steiner versus Nash versus Goldberg. Will they follow the script? Help from F4W. Does that also throw out the Goldberg Steiner Nash work shoot match from New Blood Rising? That one doesn't get enough scorn in general. Uh, and this has come up before. This is the moment where Goldberg screams, Fuck you, and eventually says, Face at the end, which made <laughs> me a fan for life. Yeah. New Blood Rising by rates tumbling. <laughs> Oh, it's just it's another one of those situations where where the build up all plays into it as well because you've got the this is during Kevin Nash's phase of coming out for promos when he's carrying a bottle of beer in one hand <laughs> you know not promising not a cup of coffee that week now uh, or, or not on crutches um, saying he's not sure if he can be real professional <laughs> as if, as if, as if all, as if all the inside joke isn't bad enough. Whilst all this shit's going on, and you know, this is—it's all Russo in his pomp. You get that bit where Goldberg says "fuck you" live on, live on pay per view, and then Nash pins Steiner, and you get the commentary team talking about how much of a company man Kevin Nash is. Yeah, after he did a promo on Nitro saying, I'm going to go over. I don't care what the script is, I'm going over because I'm the booker and I said so. <laughs> like, how, this is like, what, what is this? It's absurd. <laughs> what is this doing on wrestling pay-per-view? This is like, it's like a parody. It's like, we're so inside, we're going to parody pro wrestling. It's right. fucking terrible. Right. This is the pay-per-view where they'd sold 5,000 tickets before they announced any matches. Then when they started to announce the matches, I think they sold a further 700. <laughs> I, 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 I may be a bit fuzzy on the numbers there. It's in the death of WCW for anyone who's read it, but um, it's along those lines. Once they start announcing matches and start actually booking the show, yeah, people lose interest in a hurry. What I hate more is, like, again, when Goldberg says fuck you and walks out, and the hushed tones of the commentators talking like naughty schoolboys, what, what, what's going to happen now? I mean, are they going to improvise? I mean, what, what are they going to do here? You know, it's, like, it's fucking... Oh, yeah. I just it's, mention it now, it's yeah. my fucking skin it's, crawl. It's, you know it's, what I mean? It's, it's during all those weeks on Nitro where they talk about things not being on the format and the bash, oh, of, the, the bash of the beach <laughs> stuff that comes before it. Where yeah, you've I got, got a nomination you've here got, too. You've got Hudson and that fat sack of shit Madden talking about how, <laughs> oh, this is pretty wild. That Hawaiian shirt on Madden. You could, oh, if, if you could have squinted and thought that was the Sahara. <laughs> oh, fuck him and the horse he rode in on. <laughs> MOS on Pro Wrestling Only says Taker and Kane versus Chronic. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, that match was abysmal! <laughs> it was Chronic. That was awful. That was that was the worst match of 2001. That was absolutely <laughs> horrific. I, I, I'm so glad that this match got nominated because I was waiting for this to come up. This, this is one of my favourite awful matches I've ever seen. Just because Brian Adams is awful as always. You know what you get with, with Brian Adams. <laughs> they ain't far behind. Brian, 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 Brian Clark throws some of the worst martial arts kicks you'll ever see. This side of probably CM Punk actually when he does his MMA <laughs> debut. It's pitiful. I, I get no greater pleasure than Taker getting the hot tag to absolute indifference from the crowd, screaming "Feed!" at the top of his lungs <laughs> because Chronic are too slow to get in position. And then again, because the crowd's so quiet, you can hear him say "Cut me off!" to Adams, who gives him a, who awkwardly gives him the, the most difficult-looking jawbreaker you've ever seen. To which Taker goes down and screams "Fuck!" <laughs> Because <laughs> the man's is going so badly. It's just a complete calamity. They, fired straight after they were this. fired right after this. 
Oh, you must think God. Taker deserved to be involved in that, though, for how, <laughs> ins- for, how, for how insufferable he was during this period. Yeah, this was karma at its absolute finest, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's just a complete snooze fest. There's, like, no psychology. At one point, they're getting the hit on, and then Taker, and Taker just fights back. Mm. It's like, oh, well, never mind. Kane's there. And even, <laughs> even me, even, even me, even me, number one Kane hater, can't lay the blame at his door for that match. Yeah. That's how terrible Chronic were. Don't, don't blame the Kane. <laughs> Jack and Ape and F4W says some matches here have car crash value that made them oddly fun some of them were just dull but Brett and Vince from Wrestlemania was a match that actively made me feel depressed Tiger Mask 5 on the UK fan forum says nothing made me cringe more than Smith Hart thinking he was amazing for being involved in this match everything about it was terrible I remember watching that with my brother a non-wrestling fan and it was his first Brett match I had to reassure him that Brett was once one of the best of all time to this day he still thinks Brett's worse than David Flair and Crowbro from F4W says I'll have to go back and rewatch the others mentioned but I can't remember hating a match more than Bretton Vince in real time it was my first Wrestlemania and I was sky high but sitting there it just dragged and dragged brutal again you mentioned this one earlier on Carl is the uh, kind of the precursor to Cole and Lawler the next year it's just in- incredibly sad for me it's not it's not one that I get sort of angry about or, or you know it didn't really get the blood boiling or anything like that but it's just you you always wondered and let's be honest, you know the build-up was horrible to a match that I may be alone in this, but I, I didn't want to see it in in any context really. Then you factor in that obviously the the physical limitations that Brett's had through his ill health over the years, and you sit there thinking, how are they going to get out of this? Oh, more, more to the point, what smoke and mirrors are they going to use for this? So also the while your mind your mind's going sort of a mile a minute thinking right. What are they going to do here? And this is all very confusing. This this could be really awful if it if if things go wrong. And unfortunately, their idea of smoke and mirrors didn't pan out by bringing the Hart family out. As good as Brett was to see this, it just yeah. I I even feel slightly depressed just talking about it now. Just just very sad and one of those things that you just wish had never happened. Yeah, it was sad, but that I mean, it's ill-conceived from the start, given the limitations. But just the psychology of it was... That's what infuriated me. Like the non-stop... Well, I guess you call Shine. He's just beating the shit out of him. It's like a gang beatdown. A gang beatdown. It goes on so long. The, the, the crowd are dead for. The dead. There's no, there's no heat in the match. <laughs> to the point of pity for Vince. Yes! That's the whole point. He's almost like, have they, has Vince done this to screw Brett again? <laughs> like, to get himself cheered? Just, the, the psychology just infuriated me. Yeah. If you're going to do that, just do it shorter. Yeah, again, like Colin Lawler. Exactly. Uh, 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 generator when he wrote in on his feedback for this match said, "If you're gonna do this, it's quick, quick bump, sharpshooter, tap, tap, tap for Brett." It's that, it's that WrestleMania thing. They, they, it's one of their profile matches, so we've got to give. They got to go time. Yeah, we've got, it's got to go fifteen twenty. Well, it. It, it, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Liam. Sorry, it was just, it, it, it's one of those where it, it's what got the most TV time in the build. Let's move to another match now that also got a lion's share of build upon a WrestleMania. Simple fan on TPWW says Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg from WrestleMania 20. The match should have been so much better had both of them not had one foot out the door already. If Brock would have kept the title and not dropped it to Eddie, the match could have been great. Uh, Drave on TPWW also says this match. The match could have been amazing if either guy was willing to put the other over. Instead, we watched a 15-20 minute stalemate, which turned out to be the piss break of 
WrestleMania. Raw is Botchamania on the WrestlingForum.com says, I feel we should exclude celebrities, non-wrestlers, and all-timers from eligibility. After all, we need to discuss why it sucked. In the case of Lawrence Taylor or Michael Cole, there isn't much to really discuss. But if we take this into account, the expectations involved, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg has to be up there. Uh, Christopher Jones on the Facebook page says, I really remember looking forward to Lesnar and Goldberg. The build-up was amazing, and of course, as we all know, the news broke of Brock doing a runner and Goldberg not renewing his contract. Even still, I was so excited to see what they were going to do. And fuck me, was I disappointed. They pranced around and gazed at each other for what seemed like forever. The crowd shit all over it, and the pair of them had already checked out. The only saving grace was Austin stung the pair of them to get some kind of pop at the end. Ghost on Pro Wrestling Only says, You can argue the crowd was predestined to shit on them, but they didn't even try and engage them or give them something to cheer for. It was just a spit in the face of the audience. Uh, Rob Lloyd on the Facebook page says, This is probably still a dream match if it was Lesnar from 2015 and Goldberg from 98, but this was a dream match that actually took place and was rotten. The crowd were aware that both guys were leaving the company within days and the New York crowd shit all over it. The constant stalling by Lesnar and Goldberg just made it worse. Instead of both giving it their all to try and go out on a high, in a powerhouse matchup, these two just stalled and delayed and riled up the crowd with their blasé attitude. I don't think I've watched this match since the first time I saw it because it's the drizzling shit. I think uh, Roy's Botchamania, I think it was, actually kind of made um, quite a fair point, actually, in terms of uh, judging uh, like bad matches about, you know, the, the mention of, of, of celebrities or non-workers. Not when they've Dennis made like 25 minutes. And well, shit. yeah. But, but yeah. Well, it, well, yeah, well, yeah, it was exactly. We, we know uh, that, that it's going to be shit, but it's kind of like, at the same time, with with uh, with people obviously who aren't workers, it's just like really, how much better were you going to expect it to be? Obviously, it could so be don't shorter. Do it. If you're dealing with two people who are like who are you know workers who are freaking uh, um, wrestlers, it's it's so much more disappointing. This was the this was the uh, match outside of the uh, Evolution versus Rock and Mick Foley that I was looking forward to because I didn't think Benoit was was winning the belt. I didn't think um, Eddie was retaining, but this match I was looking forward to because it's, it's Brock Lesnar. It was Brock Lesnar. I watched everything that Brock did. Uh, I was gutted that he was leaving, but you know, it's just like, ah, oh, well, well, you know, it happens. You know, Brock, Brock left as well. We ended up seeing was just, just so fucking poor. It was just Goldberg looks like he couldn't give a shit, but Brock <laughs> is just mentally, we're, we're mentally in his mind and in his facial expression. Facially, looks different. Facially, he's giving the proper double middle fingers to everyone. He's saying fuck everyone fuck this ring fuck this business he's just like he just doesn't give a shit at one point I will just say here I look, there's one point in the match I love when they're just standing around waiting there the crowd's doing what they're doing yeah. and Goldberg kind of says something to Brock I'm assuming like you know, do you want to start do you want to do something and Brock just screams at the top of his lungs what the fuck do you want yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so great one of the favourite stories of this match is the fact that they, they were stalling and doing nothing for so long and Austin's the ref yeah. <laughs> at one point Austin, uh, Austin had said this in a radio show shortly afterwards where he's like at one point I was just tempted while well, nothing's going on to just start running the ropes <laughs> <laughs> just to see what happens he said during the, um, the face off between the two when you, when you imagine that where the hard camera is and the, the two of them face off <laughs> and Austin stood in the middle and he, he said I just thought about running between the two <laughs> Steve Austin, what a what a card, what a character. <laughs> um, it, it is that that old um, four finger stinker. It's it's it is really bad. It's two guys that have mentally checked out. But I always found an element of sort of Schadenfreude, and I, I I enjoyed the crowd shitting on it. Yeah. I I I, I, I almost enjoyed Lesnar giving the middle finger at the end, <laughs> just because just because of, of that I don't give a shit attitude. I'm going. I personally don't think this match is all-time bad. 
No, that, 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 I think yeah. I know a lot of people obviously will disagree with that, but I, just, I, just, I don't think this is. It, I, it's, I a can car, it's a car wreck. It's a disappointment. Yeah. So. I, I think that's it. I can understand the disappointment to it all, but you know, when I'm thinking the dirt worst, yeah, this, this, this didn't come into my thinking. Charmel and Jenna has, <laughs> is, is is not touched by this even closely. Yeah, it's. I was, I was just saying, like it's almost like a chicken in the egg situation with the crowd and the guys in there, but I don't know. I think it's just more accurately described as a perfect shitstorm because yeah. Lesnar, Goldberg and the crowd, none of them give a shit yeah, so. no one cares, so no one cares no one leads, it's not like they're up for it at the start and then the work rate brings them down it's just, maybe there's something like oh, well fuck it then, but then their attitude's in play it's, yeah, it's just it's just disappointing all the way, all the way around everything that we're viewing, like yeah. Roxy and buried, Goldberg's getting buried the audience is getting buried. The concept's getting buried. The only person who come out of this squeaky clean <laughs> is Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> and he so should have ran the ropes. I, yeah. I think the guy sitting there, though. Imagine if you did a 2015 Brock programmed with a 98 Goldberg. Fuck, that's amazing. Oh. And that is the motivation going into watch this match, and that's why this match is so disappointing. Exactly, because yeah. the thing was too. To their credit, they had built this match fantastically before oh, yeah. this. This is one of the one of the examples. Where I thought this was the best match they built up for WrestleMania 20. Well, they started the slow build from uh, Survivor Series, right? hadn't they? Yeah. Absolutely. We'll get to a couple more here. A couple of quick fire ones where we still have time. Uh, Ambulance Chase on the UK fan form says, Has the four Doinks versus Bam Bam's team from Survivor Series 93 been mentioned? Good God Almighty. Fucking balloons, bananas, a turkey carcass. This one really sticks out from watching the VHS in my front room and pausing it every time a family member walked through. I'd rather have been caught trying to shuffle one out to Red Shoe Diaries. The bushwhackers are bad enough, but dressed as clowns, no chance. Yo at M65 on there, the FOW board says, Go back to 94 and the Doink Jerry Lawler midgets tag. WWF comedy at its worst uh, that of course being <laughs> cheesy <laughs> wheezy queasy against doink dink pink and stink <laughs> <laughs> and it most certainly did yeah. yeah both of those matches very good candidates they got they got a lot of hate at the time back to back awful doink survivor series matches I've got to say the, uh, I, and I've said this before but Lawler on the midget shoulders that saves that <laughs> one for me yeah. it saves it from the absolute yeah. dregs Saves it from the absolute dregs. There wasn't Lawler on a little person's shoulders the reason he wasn't at Survivor Series the previous year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that one to me is far worse. The Bastion, Booger, Head Shrinkers, oh, Bigelow team. With the, gets... with the pile on finish at the end. <laughs> Don't get that right, they'll fucking fall down anyway. Oh, I'm trying to remember with that, with that Jerry Law's part. Doesn't he like just like insinuate the the piggyback like shoulders first insinuate, but like like as if like the the, the, the small guy's gonna get on his shoulders, yeah. but then just like a, that's no, the comedy. No, I'm getting on yours. Yeah, no, that's the comedy. <laughs> then, you know, Dink gets on Doink's shoulders, and then you know Law comes and says, "Come on, let's do it." And the music climbs. And then he looks and he's no, 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 get down. Get down. He gets on his shoulders. <laughs> And then they like they take they take two of the funniest oh bow legged steps you'll ever see before they oh. face plant. God. And this guy and this guy gets Michael Cole at WrestleMania. The Daz on the UK fan forum says first thing that came to mind was Bray White's debut against Kane in the Ring of Fire match at SummerSlam 2013. Utter drivel. Bray looked terrible. He looked slow, laboured, and his awful trousers kept falling down. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> boring match certainly but again it's one of those ones that's so boring that it's just completely gone out of my mind yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember watching it I remember thinking an Inferno match Kane Bray mm, there's not yeah. going to be any movement yeah much like Kane's childhood I was scarred by the flames um, <laughs> two guys that I 
can't stand in a match that I couldn't care less about. <laughs> so we'll move on swiftly from that to Nexus on the UK fan form who said Big Show and Undertaker Punjabi Prison uh, from Great American Bash 2005. A fucking stupid structure designed for the great Carly who wasn't able to participate due to the elevated liver enzymes. So they put Big Show in instead and they had a stupid finish where Taker Woman could show threw him through the outer cage thereby his feet touching the ground first. Actually it was a cross body right? Taker jumped off one cage and a cross body on the other one and the cage like slowly parted <laughs> Like, like yeah. it might have been staged, perhaps. Who knows? It was. It didn't like break the cage. There's no impact. It's kind of like open, like a house of cards. It's awful match. Incredibly slow, plodding, boring. Stupid rules. Stupid step. Stupid match. Yeah. <laughs> and an, an ill-conceived, poor concept. And the end result was exactly what you would expect. But just on a side note, how many of the roster were sort of put to one side by that elevating? There were several of them, wasn't there? Yeah, I think because I think Lashley, Lashley missed some time. Super well. Crazy was gone for a while because of it. Yeah, there, there was like, the whole bunch of them. Got some good stuff here that I want to get to for uh, from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Supersonic on the FOW board posted uh, four candidates for this with uh, Dave Meltzer's reviews from the time they happened, which made for some quite funny reading, so I'll, I'll say it here. It had Hogan and Savage in the Uncensored Cage match, which is uh, we've recently talked about, uh, from 1998. Hogan had better be thankful that he and Savage did that two-on-eight triple-decker cage match from Uncensored a few years back, because if he hadn't, people might actually remember this as the worst match of both men's careers. We did talk about that recently on the, uh, the Timeline show, so uh, we'll leave that, that for that one. Another one we've touched on previously, Hogan and Piper Halloween Havoc Steel Cage. This was a slow-motion battle of should-be-extinct dinosaurs who can come across great on Nitro doing interviews but when they're put in the ring with all the hype the lack of heat showed they're having a harder time fooling the public that they can still wrestle we go to War, War Games 98 here that we've mentioned previously after the match the live crowd was pissed about this one the warrior gimmick which is dying in every city and the night in general booing heavily and throwing things at the announcers this was one for the record books minus four stars <laughs> throwing things at the announcers and uh, War- <laughs> so pissed off someone's <laughs> gonna get it <laughs> someone's gonna pay for this yeah I'm blaming today <laughs> Kevin Ash looks dead already anyway so Warrior Hogan 2 Master's review is the whole place groaned and poor Warrior after the fireball who didn't have a clue to begin with really didn't know what to do this spot will be replayed for the next 100 years and at this point they have blown away the Sid Vicious Night Stalker match as the worst match of the past two decades which is uh, pretty fantastic stuff there and also I kind of wanted to get this one briefly because uh, Mookie Garn on the FOW page sent us the worst match of the year in the Wrestling Observer newsletters dating back to 1987 1987 worst match of the year Hogan vs Andre Mania 3 Featuring the hideous headbutt into the ring pose from Andre and the uh, the move that Matt Holt once referred to as the trickle ship backdrop on the outside. <laughs> it's too it's too much of a high profile match. It's, I don't, I don't quite the, the, the high profile nature. It's ugly. It's ugly, but you must think it's Andre's body was a wreck at that yeah. point, so I don't really want to hold it against him. I actually want to show a bit of kindness for a change. No, Carl, <laughs> don't, don't, don't stop short now. Why now? But very quickly around the table, I want to get everybody's opinion. We've talked so many bad matches. There were so many nominations that came through. And I want to know, uh, is there a single pick that comes to mind when this comes up for you guys? I think I'm torn between uh, Patterson Briscoe, <laughs> Chronic versus the Callaway Brothers, uh, and Mar- Jenna Maraska and Charmel. So you're going for a three-way tie? Yeah, if I had to pick one, oh, I don't know. Jenna Charmel's the worst. Patterson Briscoe. Most embarrassing. <laughs> Chronic and the Callaway brothers, kind of funny in its own way. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to sit on the fence, but it, it's so difficult because there's been, as we've you know, talked about and in some cases rediscovered, there's been so many bad matches over the years that we've all sat through. I mean, those those three in particular. I must admit that the scaffold match 
at uh, Bash 91 sprung to mind when you first uh, mentioned this as a topic as well, Liam. F- for the sake of picking one, I'll say Sharmel and, and Maraska, but uh, I could quite easily pick another one on a different day. There's just so much shit. I was thinking of uh, Hogan in a cage anytime. Uh, it's been pretty bad. But... Would have been funny if it wasn't so sad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, there was some convincing arguments. I think for both Sting and Hardy, and also um, Patterson and Briscoe. I think Patterson and Briscoe quite specifically. But and I think on any other day I would, but I just have one problem, right? So you're gonna have a match in a truck. Right, and, 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 and leaving it parked is not going to make it better, right? And yet That's no one, worse. and yet no one, and yet no one will suplex a pig. So what the fuck's going on? Not only that, but they all got fired at the end. Of the <laughs> they all got fired for the match. They might as well just went. Oh, I'm not going to do a fucking match then, and just walked up. Don't forget, the way to win was to blow the horn. <laughs> you blow a horn. The only thing with that match too is like it's not even like if they'd have worked really hard, anyone would be able to notice anyway. You know what I mean? I mean, these guys did blade, so you, you couldn't. There's no one in the world that knows what they bladed from. You know what I mean? Like they were just blading all of a sudden. So they were too busy doing the long shot with the fucking cyclist in the background. <laughs> so yeah, that's quite a good contender. When it comes to my all-time personal pick, I, I don't know if there's a match that I've ever watched and just been so completely in awe of the lack of skill involved than Jenna Marasca and Charmel. I think Bushwhackers against uh, against Sheik and Volkov is pretty close. Jenna and Charmel takes the cake. So with all of that said, and there, there were so many nominations, I want to thank everybody who did contribute. If we didn't get to your feedback this time, we apologise because there were just so many bad matches to talk about. But I think one thing that's been there, quite enjoyable about this whole thing is even though these matches are, are absolutely awful, we've at least been able to laugh at them, you know what I mean? And we didn't even get to matches like Big Sky, Charlie Norris, or, uh, or some of the other... Shot from the 1993 WCW. The equaliser wasn't mentioned once. (laughs) It was a bit of a minor miracle. Like I said, Big Sky Charlie Norris. The fuck was Tommy Dreamer? (laughs) Don't normally complain. I don't normally. Yes, because I erased every match he's ever had from my memory. I just have this vivid, vivid knowledge that he's shit and I hate him. Any time he fucking does the crucifix and shouts ECW, I just want to rip his. Fat throat, eh? <laughs> so with that said, I want to thank everybody for contributing. I want to thank everybody for listening. We will be back next week because we're going to be doing wrestling's guilty pleasures. Uh, this is a very downbeat one potentially in terms of looking at a lot of bad. We're going to look at a lot of good next week. We're going to look at the things that you love personally. <laughs> you, uh, that you're a little bit afraid to say that you are. But we're going to pry it out of you next week on the show. Wrestling's guilty pleasures. A wrestler or a match or an angle that you know is universally panned, but you personally like it deep down inside. So uh, that's going to be a fun one next week a lot of uh, fun discussion coming up around the table here of course we've got the uh, the Midnight War timeline coming up at the following week after that as well so a uh, loaded lineup coming in the next few weeks for Squared Circle Gazette Radio and we hope you join us for G. John Chase do you think the log roll would work on cheats? <laughs> for Carl Jones I'm not sure that anyone could jump over cheats if he did the log roll so I think you're onto something there and for Kieran O'Rourke I just don't he thinks he's so cool this is what I hate about Tommy Dreamer he thinks he's ace <laughs> I am Liam O'Rourke and we're out of here talk to you next week thank you for listening that bastard <laughs>